Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Hey, 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 it's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah, the Ayatollah Alcoholic and Wadley. And we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hey, Ian, do we yes, have sir. any iTunes reviews? Oh, yes, we do. Ooh, we got a special one this week. A five-star review from Mondo Heather. Mondo, I know who that is. That's Heather yeah. Drain, the, the awesome chick from uh, that's on our Facebook page. Yeah, she is definitely awesome. And she left us a five-star review entitled, One of the Mightiest Music Podcasts. And Heather says, and I quote, If you love music podcasts that are smart, chewy, irreverent, and fun as hell, then you gotta check out this show. The two hosts, Ralph Vieira and Ian Wadley, know their music, always have entertaining discussions, and are wickedly funny. Gird your loin, your lions, or loins, and check them out. I don't know what that means. What? Gird, gird, gird your loins? Gird, gird your loins. Wow. I like yeah. that. that. That should be a new saying. Gird your loins. <laughs> that, that should be like, you know, hold on to your nuts. Gird your loins. I like that. Man, that's, a, that's a great new saying. I'm going to use that. We, we got to get Lee to re-record the intro. Yeah, gird your loins. loins. Here they are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Heather's but, uh, awesome. She's so fucking cool and an awesome writer. Yeah, yeah. She just wrote. Uh, I know she had a link up on her page in one of the uh, threads. Uh, a really cool article she wrote about uh, Blue Oyster Cult Spectrus album. And, I mean, just really detailed, uh, really well-written. She's a real awesome chick. Was on my radio show the other day, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, just real cool. And thanks so much, Heather. Yeah, she wrote this thing on the Bill Ward uh, Ward 1 album. You got to nice. read that one. That shit was awesome. Yeah, she's... Nice. I, I adore that girl pieces. She's just too cool. Too fucking cool. All right. Thank you so much, Mondo Heather. That's awesome. All right. Well, we got some other big news going on that uh, maybe if you're not on the Facebook page, you're not a regular, you might not be aware of. Uh, but we are in sort of a March Madness bracket for the greatest podcast. And there was 64 podcasts going into this. This is kind of a going away party for Ear Peeler. I know you've heard them uh, in our plugs. It was a site that promoted all podcasts. Victor M. Ruiz from Mars Attacks runs it. Well, I should say ran it, uh, but he's doing this as a farewell just to see who has the best fans, mm. and, it, and that's really what it is. It's it's you know you could have the greatest podcast, but if your fans don't show up, you're not going to win. Now, luckily, as of recording, there's a couple hours left into round two, and there's six rounds. Uh, it looks like we're going to win, but anything can happen. But we have a very small percentage of our listenership showing up and voting on this. And all you have to do is come on the uh, Rock and Metal Combat page or my personal page or the Wadzilla World page or some of Ralph's page, Almost Human, 
and it'll show you the matchup. And all you simply have to do is click on our logo. Or if you're on your phone, just press on our logo and you vote. You can only vote once per round, so it is fair. You can't have an asshole like, you know, you know, pressing it like a hundred times. So it's on the up and up. But we want to win this, you know, and we want to we want to win it for you guys. Because that's what it's all about. It's who's got the best fan base. And I believe we have it. We had the most money donations for Rockin' Pod 1. We had the most money donations for Rockin' Pod 2. And this is just another fucking victory that I want not only for us but for you guys and but we need each and every one of you and it's easy man you don't have to fucking fill nothing out you don't get no chain mail no Jehovah's Witness show up at your door you just simply click on our logo and that's how you vote but we need you because as it goes on we'll be going against bigger and bigger shows and we also have as many people as love us we have a lot of people who are hating us and vote against us every time you got that prick uh, Pat Francis from Rock Solid's against us. Uh, that backstabbing uh, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. That poser piece of shit bitch LaFon. And then most of all, the one really starting to smear campaign against us is our old arch nemesis, Andrew the Racist Jacobs. Oh my God, this well, guy is... He's jumping on every band, whoever we're up against. He's like, oh, I'm your biggest fan, and those guys are bullies. Ooh. Yeah, he he, um, he he seems to be helping us, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been getting messages from the podcast we're up against saying, uh, we don't know this guy. We're not aligned with him. Please don't lump us in with him. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we, uh, we won against Cassius Morris, and, you know, I'm cool with Cassius. Yeah, uh, he's a good r- right. Right now we're uh, we're in a battle with uh, Ages of Rock, and those guys are all cool. All of them sent me friend requests and messaged me. They're nice guys. If we get past this round, we're going up against Growing Up Rock, which is Sonny Pooney's new show. And you heard Sonny Pooney on this show. He was on the Doctor Feel Good episode. But see, he's got a lot of friends. He's one of the good guys. He's a nice guy. So a lot of people go for the nice guy, but vote for the bad guy. And if we make it past, and I'm not taking this for granted, if we make it past them, we're going to be battling the KISS Army. Uh-oh. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you know they're all going to team up because it's kind of whittling down now out of the 392 KISS podcasts. By the time we get to them, it'll probably, and I'm just making a prediction here, it'll probably be podkiss, but you know all the KISS fans are going to get behind there and vote. I mean, shit, these people bought Sonic Boom, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> but we have a thousand people listening to the show every week. And right now we're getting 200-and-something votes, which is great. But if we stand a snowball's chance in hell to take this to the finals, man, we need everybody to show up. So I appreciate I want to win it for you guys and, and for us. Uh, but it's real easy to do, and it's a free way to help us out. And, it, you know, it, it's all fun. Uh, you know, it's just bragging rights. There, there, there's no money at stake or anything like that. There's no trophy. But fuck it. We want to win it, and that's that, man. Help and, us out. And, and like Ian said, vote for the bad guy. Don't yeah, vote, vote for don't, the bad guy. Don't vote for me. Vote, vote for Ian. <laughs> that's right. The bad guy's got to win sometime. And that's what we are. We're that... We're that, you know, podcast that people vote for, love and vote love to for hate. The, vote for the guy that says, fuck the fans. 
I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I'm against uh, bands, not fans. And Ian's the exact opposite. That makes me the nice guy. I'm like PC and shit. <laughs> I never said fuck the bands. You know, somebody wrote me. Somebody, uh, did you see this post? Somebody put on the page. Hey, Ralph, uh, I bet you're happy about this. Machine Head breaking up. I was like, no, nah, I'm not really happy about it. I mean, people love Machine Head just because I don't. Uh, doesn't mean anything where Ian's, you know, is like, good, they're breaking up if he hated them. You know? Like if he found out uh, Sammy Hagar, you know, whatever, Sammy Hagar uh, got testicular cancer, he'd be like, good, I hope the fans suffer more than his t- t- testicular cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd be happy about be his balls, but you'd be more <laughs> happier about the fans being sad about his balls. And, yeah. you know, and we'll be, we'll be shocked because he had balls. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got a fallopian tube cancer. Yeah, and uh, let, let, let's brush upon the racist uh, Andrew Jacobs for a second. Oh yeah. Um, and also, I got to tell uh, you know, and also, in order f- for us to win this, I need the Lisp Army to help us too. Oh yeah. We need the Lisp Army to get together and help us. You know, that's his new thing. He made a. I haven't seen it yet. Ian told me. He, he, did he send it, it to you? Or yeah, you he saw it. it. He sent it to me in an email. Basically, what he did is uh, he took your uh, almost human army or route Dr. Fuck. Yeah, Dr. Army Fuck thing, Army. And he covered up the Dr. Fuck and he put AKA Lisp Army. Now, let me, let, me, let me remind everybody. The reason this guy came up with this Lisp thing is because I'm the one that brought it up on several episodes. I have a Lisp. It's a slight Lisp, but I have a Lisp. I'm not ashamed of it. It's the way I fucking talk. So if you think you're trying to insult me, then, uh, well, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's the best he can do. All I know is this Lisp guy's got a job. And, uh, you know, and he, he has his own place. And, and this guy doesn't have a job. He, uh, I, you know, I blocked him and he blocked. We both blocked each other. But I, I understand he did a post saying, I got a job. And it's funny because, you know, usually when somebody says I got a job, they'll say what they do. You know, they'll <laughs> say like, I got a job. I do this. But he just said, I got a job, which is more proof this guy doesn't have a job. But, uh, and, and you know, whatever, dude. This guy is a racist. And I love the comment he left on the video, which he deleted, by the way, uh, where he said, a typical white guy making a Cuban do all the heavy lifting. Uh, and, and it's funny because he left a comment on my new video of him. I wrote a new song called The Ballad of uh, uh, Andrew J. Well, The Ballad of Andrew. And uh, I put it on the on the now uh, defunct YouTube page of uh, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, which I refuse to do any YouTube exclusives because, you know, I just like, fuck, dude, I'm doing all this work and it's not really doing anything. But I come up with another idea, which I told, you know, this is our second attempt of doing this because the first recording came out bad. So I'm going to repeat it. Um I'm going to bring back the YouTube exclusives if we end up winning this whole contest. Uh, I'm very skeptical. I think we're going to, you know, I I have faith that we'll get at least the final round or whatever. You know, we'll get up there. But if we win this, I'll be shocked. And I'll bring back the YouTube exclusives, you know. I I, I think the hardest one, uh, I I predicted the finals are going to come down to Decibel Geek and and Podkiss because... Everybody loves Decibel Geek, and everybody loves Ken Mills and, and Podkiss Crew, and you know they got the whole Kiss thing. And so there you got a thing called the KWO, 
like the Kiss World Order. And I think that's what it is, is all the Kiss shows that got beat, they're all going to band together as the Kiss Army. Yeah, and you, all, know why, all you know why, Ian? You want to know why? You want to know why? Because they don't have to pay to do this. See, if they had to pay to do this, we'd, <laughs> we'd win this hands down. You see, we're more of a money podcast, you know? Our fans pay with their wallet. These guys just click. And that's what I'm telling the people that listen to us. All you got to do is click. This one's not even going to cost you anything. So come on, yeah. show them, you know, not only are, are we the best as, uh, you know, our listeners uh, digging into their pocket, but, you know, this one's for free and you get your YouTube exclusives back. Well, you know, a, a prime example, too, is right now there's a match between Pod of Thunder and Podkist. And the last time I looked, it was over 600 people had voted together on, on, on that. And ours right now, the Ages of Rock, 402 people have voted and only 269 are for us out of our people out of almost 3,000 people on this page and you know usually we average between eight to a thousand a week on the show for listeners so that's you know that's a very small percentage and I'm hoping you guys hear this on this episode because you're all going to want to hear this you think the fucking Sammy Hagar one was good Wait till you hear this episode. Oh, this one's great. And and you and I also shout out to Johnny Vogan because it was his idea to add sound effects to this uh, podcast, which I did, and it came out exceptionally well. I think this is a one-two punch episode with Van Hagar following this one. They're both oh, yeah. amazing. And um, and also, and uh, I haven't discussed this with Ian, but I think Ian will agree with me. If we do end up winning this, not only will you get your YouTube exclusives back, but we'll bring back Kiss reviews, right, Ian? Yes, I will do that. Yeah, I will do we'll, that. we'll end up. We won't. We won't. Uh, we won't uh, stop with the. You know, the Kiss. We'll lift the Kiss band on this episode. So look, but, at that. you're getting a lot of stuff done. So uh, here, make sure here, we win. Shock me. Make me feel better. Because here, I don't know if we're gonna win. Here's something. You dropped a hell of a gauntlet and, and a hell of an enticement there. If we win this, you know, we're bringing back the uh, the YouTube exclusives. We're going to go back to reviewing Kiss albums. You know why? Because you're the nice guy. Yeah. I'm the bad guy. I'm going to drop another gauntlet here. If we get, if we lose, but like get totally skunked, and by that I mean like, okay, if it's real neck and neck and it's respectable and we lose, hey, that's fine. I understand that. But if we get skunked in a, in a future round because just nobody shows up, maybe it's time you and me take a couple weeks vacation. Oh, I'm down for that. Believe me, I'm down for that. How, because about, we, how about a couple months? We've only missed two weeks in over four years. And that this, was because of uh, computer issues. Yeah, this, this July, this uh, past July was four years. So over four years, we've only missed two weeks. And... There was a lot of weeks you got multiple episodes back in the day. But if, if we lose just because we get skunked, like I said, you guys show up respectable numbers. But any more of this, like, you know, 200 and something out of, the you know, almost 3,000 on the page, and, and it just because nobody took the time to do it, maybe, maybe we'll go on vacation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Oh, dude. I mean, I'll be a bad guy with you on that one because, uh, <laughs> trust me, I do I do have to make time for this podcast. Not that I hate doing it, but it'd be nice, you know, to take a vacation. Yeah. You know? Hey, because we, we do. We work hard on this. This is our second time doing the news. And oh, yeah. We, we really rearrange our shit to, you know, to give you guys the best show every week. And here's something. 
This don't cost a dime. This is even easier to do than the donation shit. This is free. Just simply go on and click on our logo and pay attention because each round only lasts like three days. And then it's a new round and you have to vote again. But again, all you have to do is go on and I'm going to always have it as an announcement so it'll be at the top of the page on uh, the combat page or it'll be on my page or Ralph's page. We're having a problem with Ralph right now because that bad boy's in Facebook jail so he can't promote it as much. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, trust me, if because he's, you know, he's Ralph. If he was able to share this shit a lot more, I, I think we'd be seeing some different results. Right. I think the people that listen to me are voting. <laughs> and if you start dropping some gauntlets, then we'd really see some fucking votes. You know? But I don't want to be the bad white guy that makes the Cuban do all the heavy lifting, so. Unless, you know, you know we take, uh, you know, we lose this, then uh, I, I don't have to face your whip and all the heavy lifting for a couple, <laughs> for a couple weeks or a month or so. I, I don't know if, and this is an if, mind you. Okay, we still got to win today. Then we got to go up against Ages of Rock, but we do end up meeting. Uh, you know, a, a Kiss podcast might have to make a video on that uh, that very popular, almost human page of yours. Oh, you know, another guy who votes against us every week is that three sides prick, Michael Brandevoid. Oh, yeah. Je- jealous much? <laughs> somebody's somebody's got more hits on uh, YouTube. Hmm. Well, as you partner. as you as you know, I, I don't well, I don't like uh, talking about it because. Uh, I just don't. I have my reasons, right. uh, but I, I, I refuse to n- mention that podcast name, and uh, and uh, I have my reasons, but I'm not going to broadcast it because uh, I, I do what I feel like doing, but, you know, I have my reasons. Alrighty. Well, enough of that. Get out and vote, and we appreciate it. Win this for you guys, man. Prove that you are the best, because I believe you're the best. You're all like family to us. No other show. What other show has as many of their listeners on the show as us? Nobody. Nobody ever. Man, and we, and we... isn't it funny, Ian? Isn't it really funny how we have like these, you know, you know, your average Joe listeners and we have them on our show. And isn't it funny that not one of them has sucked yet? Every one of them are great. That's pretty oh, cool, yeah. don't you think? I mean, I don't think we've had a listener on our show. That wasn't bad. They're all coming. They all deliver, and they're all fucking great. So, and and I notice those guys vote all the time. So all you other oh, ones, yeah. you know, vote, man. It's easy to do, and if you want to keep these episodes coming, uh, remember at least it's got to be respectable. And do it for Andrew Jacobs. Yeah, and and do it to showed up Andrew Jacobs' ass. Yeah. And and hey, you know, if you want vote your conscience. But if you don't care about some of these, always vote against Pat Francis. Always vote against Talking Metal. Uh, Bitch Lafon. I don't even think Bitch Lafon's going to make it to the next round. Uh, you know. Fuck our enemies. Yeah. Uh, and also, we got to bring up something that I brought up in the in the, in the defunct, the one that recording that didn't work out was, uh, you know, the, the Andrew Jacobs thing. I mean, um, this is a guy that still thinks we're the best podcast, but he can't handle the fact that you know ian called them out on hating women and yeah. uh and you know and then like uh, uh we got to see you know not only is he uh, uh what, what, what's the what's the name what's the name of uh chauvinist that's the name yeah. not only is he a, a chauvinist but he's also a racist you know with all these like you know the heavy lifting white man making the cuban doll I, you know every cuban i know i mean i can't think of one poor cuban i know I know more poor white guys 
than, than Cuban guys. And uh, and also another remark he made was, uh, you know, Ralph was raised in a house full of people because that, that's a racist uh, statement thinking, oh, he, he's, he's, he's Cuban, so they live in a house full of people. I don't know no Cubans and live in a house full of people unless they had a lot of kids. I was raised in a house with my mother and father and brother. That's it. It's just four of us my whole life. Then my brother went to the army, so it was three of us for like three, four years. And, you know, then I left my house at four, uh, 17 because I'm very driven. And I'm also an American. I was born in America. That makes me American, not Cuban. I'm an American uh, with Cuban blood. That's it. And, what you know, and he's... Uh, he, you know, where's he from? Swahili is, you know, wherever the fuck, you know, whatever racist country his uh, ancestors are from. Uh, Israel. Okay, he's, yeah, yeah, there you go. So, you know, it's like, you call me Cuban, I call you a uh, Jew, you know, but a, <laughs> a, a, a self-hating Jew, by the way, because, you know, he's very Nazi-ish, too, and his, uh, but, yeah. you know, and his, and his wife is a, is a lesbian. Right, right. You'd think he'd be more accepting. <laughs> you know, a, a Jewish cuckold married to a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be a little bit more liberal. But uh, you know, and here's another thing. You know, you know about this route that you can pay to have posts get seen more on uh, oh, on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, I know that. And and let me tell you something. The Thrasher Die page, dude. We have, I don't know. Go check the numbers. It's something like 156 or 160 thousand people. It shows when you post something that says. You know, only a couple hundred is going to see this. But if you want all the people on your page to see this, pay this much. It's like, fuck you, you know? All right. Who well, that? what I'm getting at, though, is we were recording this on September 30th, uh, I believe it is. Tomorrow is October 1st. That means Andrew Jacobs gets paid tomorrow because that's when all the disability, you know, and welfare checks come in on the fucking first of the month. So he's going to be rich tomorrow. So he could buy a bunch of shit, you know, to, you know, try to smudge in our good name. Well, I, I understand uh, that glory hole's charged, so he's probably going to have to skip going to the glory hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This. And he would because he's such a podcast stalker. And something else that we brought up in the last, uh, in the, uh, the disastrous first attempt of doing this is that while we were in Nashville, a podcast was telling us, oh, man. I don't say anything to that guy because he promotes the hell out of my show, but man, is he creepy. I really yeah, don't like more him. more than one podcast. Well, I heard, yeah, yeah, I, heard, I know you heard several say it to you. I, I know for a fact, and you were there when yeah. the one was telling us, it says like, I really don't like the guy, but I don't say anything because he promotes our podcast. The guy is like really hated by uh, all these podcasts he promotes, but he doesn't know. I mean, the things that they, this one podcast was telling us was far worse than you calling him out for being a chauvinist pig. <laughs> and it's hilarious. If everybody was to come out and tell him what, what they really feel about him, uh, he'd probably be like promoting some Bobo podcast that nobody listens to, you know? Right. And, and I, I like how he's, he uh, sent an email. He said, he goes, yeah. And Earl said, you smelled like ass. <laughs> and I was like, Really, because uh, we kind of had a good conversation with Earl and had a fun picture that we took as a goof. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's kind of lame for him to say that because you know it's a lie. Earl never said that, you know, because yeah. uh, we all took showers and went to the comedy club, and uh, you know this, this this is how much he stretches. And I get and look and look how cool it is that he actually knows that you met Earl. I mean, the guy is like, because he listens to us all the time. He's listening to us right now. We are his favorite podcast. It just hurts him 
that uh, we dislike him. Yep. You know? So there you go, man. Vote for the bad guys. Let well, the bad, bad guys guy. win. Bad guys. Okay. All right. We're going to play good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah. We're going to work this angle. All right. Well, enough of this. Thanks again and get out and vote. We appreciate all of you, but we did mean what we say. Either we could come back with a vengeance and kiss. Oh, my God. Or we can yeah. go on vacation. YouTube exclusive and, and kiss episodes two, three times a year. Yep. So it's you up know? to you guys. And we'll it's make a- uh, and, and we'll do a poll. If we win, we'll do a poll and have our listeners pick what kiss album we should do next. That's right. Even Sonic Boom. We'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll be a good episode, huh? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine hot, that? Hot in the shade. Ooh, we got all kinds of good Oh, ones. my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my god, yeah. Alright, let's get into the news. Alrighty. People love uh, when we do the news. Yeah, we got a little bit of time left for some news. We got some good uh, news. Abandon says he has no idea why he was fired from Venom, uh, Inc. Uh, but he did leave a couple, you know, a couple statements Abaddon. on why he thinks Abaddon. I'm sorry. Um, Abaddon was abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. Uh, <laughs> Um, but basically, he took time off for the birth of his son and asked the band, you know, not to book any dates around that time. And they did with another drummer, but then he believed it was just temporary. He was going to come back, but now that's not the case. And he also alluded to the fact that he wasn't originally in a member of Venom Inc. And that without him, uh, they were having trouble getting management. They tried to get on the Bloodstock Festival and were denied. And they said the minute he joined, they got the Bloodstock gig. Uh, you know, they got management with Johnny Z. They got the Nuclear Blast contract. And basically saying he feels like they just used him to get all that stuff. And then once they got it, they abandoned Abaddon. Uh, it's a damn shame because that album was our album of the year. Uh, it's killer. And, and I know they're getting ready to do another one. I wish he was there. It's a damn shame. Yeah, you- yeah. I'm glad I got to see that lineup. Uh, and he's still amazing. You know, on drums, he's still fucking badass. I mean, better than before, actually. You know, he's well. You know, that should be expected if you, you know, play for 30, 40 years. You know? Right. All right. Well, another huge story this week. Oh my God! A lot of people had fun with this one. Uh, Stephen Piercy and the current incarnation of Rat had a disastrous show this week. Yes. Uh, where Stephen Piercy uh, was very inebriated mixed his pain meds, uh, which he's on for a bad knee, which he's had since the early 90s. And detonator, to... detonator Tory fell off like a, a, what it was it, like a 20-foot stage? He Is that fought... what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, Go back and watch a Behind the Music. There's actual footage of it, of him falling. It was professionally shot. And, oh. uh, yeah, he, he fucked up his knee there. I think that's when it happened. I mean, I know when he got back on stage, he was limping, you know? Right. Well, uh, he's supposed to have it replaced in January, but uh, it's not doing too good. He took his regular pain meds and added a bunch of alcohol because maybe it was really bothering him and he's trying to numb it. And, ooh, was it a disastrous show. Yeah. Uh, him sitting on the, the drum riser and he's holding on the drums and pulling them to keep himself up, even says he's drunk. And, uh, you know, and it, of course, in this day and age, there's some asshole with his phone there got everything. And uh, 
but he did apologize the next day. He took full credit for it, said, hey, this was me. I fucked up. And they did play a show a couple days after that I in New saw, Jersey. I saw footage, and, and yeah, he was more animated. I mean, but, you know, that disaster show, when I was watching, I was like, hey, is this rat or a mumble rapper? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? seriously, he was like, and then he'd sing a couple of lyrics of the song, and then he'd go back to, wow, bitches and hoes. But, uh, but then I, I saw this new footage, and uh, yeah, he was a little more animated. He was still struggling with that. I mean, I didn't see him struggle that bad before, you know, with his voice. It was a song, You Think You're Tough, but what I was really impressed with, you know, because I, I, I've been like, you know, praising this guy that replaced Warren D. Martini. I think he's fucking phenomenal. But, dude, that guy that did Robin Crosby's uh, place, you know, I never saw him solo on the clips I saw before. I mean, you think you're tough? You saw, dude, that fucker shreds, too. I mean, this is a good fucking band. Now, yeah, it's not rad. Everybody wants Warren. I understand that. But uh, Warren's not into it. The last time I saw Rat, Warren played half-assed. I hate to say this, but he, he looked like he was phoning it in. He didn't care. Uh, and uh, these guys do care. And, uh, yeah, it's Scab Rat. And I know a lot of people. It's the same thing with Dokken. You know, nobody really gives John Levine the praise he deserves. Because that guy is just as good as fucking George Lynch. He's oh, amazing. I, I, I saw him with, I've never seen George Lynch live, but I saw him with John, and he, he was amazing. But uh, it is one of those things. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure it is. It's more visual. Like, you want to look up yeah. there and see George Lynch, and you yeah, want to exactly. see, see that Lynch skull guitar, and you want to hear Mr. Scary and all that shit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a very capable guitar player. Yeah, no, this, this new rap band, they're, they're fucking awesome. I mean, I think the only weak link is really Piercy's voice. It's, he was really struggling. But, uh, but you know, I mean, hey, that happens. We all get old. And... I, I checked another song. I forget which one I watched. It wasn't. I, I think I checked out Way Cold Jr. Okay. And, I didn't, yeah, I know there's several clips. I only saw that one and Round and Round. And uh, it, it, there was parts that were like, okay, that's not too bad. And there's another part where you see he's straining. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things... He just doesn't have that it fact as much as, much as I love Rat. I, I really love Rat. But, you know, like the thing with, with Diamond Dave, you can see him and, you know, he has off nights and good nights. But even when he's off, it, it, it's like Ozzy. He's still such a character and knows how to entertain. You know, like you always leave the show happy no matter what, you know. Uh, but Piercy doesn't have that. He's just not as animated and not as a legendary uh, front man. And, so. and also, you have to put in the factor of the knee injury. He can't really move right. around much, so that kind of like right. that 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 really hurts his front manage. And you know, uh, I told this to Ian on the last recording. Uh, if you go back and watch the video for "You Think You're Tough," I mean, he would he had great stage presence, great moves, and uh, I saw him back then. I mean, he was great. I thought he was a he was a very capable, not one of the greatest front man, but definitely not bad at all he was you know he was animated he moved around a lot but he can't do that no more you know but he, he never i mean even in the prime did he ever really did he interact much or was he more like just going to the song believe it, believe it or not he interacts more now like the last time i saw wow. rat with ace fraley yeah. he interacted more with the crowd than i've ever seen him interact 
Uh, he uh, did interact a little bit back then, but now he does it even more. And the clips I saw, you know, of the last show where, you know, uh, where he wasn't inebriated, he, he was interacting with the crowd. Uh, he's a little more uh, interactive now than he was back in the day. Right on. Well, I, I wish him the best of luck. I, I just really wish this band would get their shit together. Yeah. Uh, but if they came around, I'd go see it just because, you know, I'm such a fucking yeah, brand. I would go see it too. But, you know, I mean, they're playing Orlando and... Uh, you know, I'm not that big of a rat fan. I, right. I, well, that's know. the thing. I'd go see them if they're in New Orleans, but I'm yeah. not going to fucking Mississippi to go see them. You know? right, right. All right. Well, another band that there was a lot of drama with this week uh, that you hinted at previously was uh, Machine Head. And it was announced uh, by Rob Flynn did a live Facebook video where he said, Phil Demo and Dave McClain have left the band, but they are going to do the final leg of this tour. Uh, and this tour is an evening with Machine Head. It's an extended set. Uh, I don't believe there's an opening band. Uh, but they decide to leave. But he said pretty much, it's my fault, saying he's a hard guy to get along with, and he's pushed them away. Gee, and, I'm shocked. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was really odd, you know, a couple years ago when Adam Deuce left the band. I'm much more of a fan of this band than Ralph is, even though I admit uh, there's some albums I really love and some albums like, uh like this last one they put out, I was like, "Oh fuck, man!" They, 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 they dropped, they dropped the deuce. Oh boy, uh, to me, this last album was the worst thing they put out since Supercharger. You know, when they were temporarily a new metal band. You know, around the whole burning red, the little spiky hair. You know, I yeah. saw that Torian. Oh, I did they, too. They they were opening for I forgot who. Oh, a band I love. I think it was like maybe Blind Guardian. I could be wrong. And he came out, you know, with the little spiky hair. Maybe it was the right. Burning Red tour. Yeah, and he had spiky hair. He wore no shirt, and he had electrical tape around his nipples, like Wendell Williams. Yeah, it was so fucking. It was and, so, and, and it was I, so anti-heterosexual. And and I ain't gonna lie, dude. I, I like the Burning Red. I mean, I know it's new metal, but it's just it, it's it's the time when I was listening to it. Uh, you know, I got into them. Uh, I, I first saw them on the second tour on the More Things Change tour. You know, and it went back and got burned my eyes. Really love that album. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do have respect for the fact that, you know, at least he, he took the blame on himself. So, you know, no matter what you think of him, at least he's man enough to say, hey, uh, he's the problem and not try to pawn it off on somebody else. So, yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. But, you know, I mean, but, but you know, it's, it's a known fact. He and, and, yeah. And he also, you know, he pissed off a lot of people when he put that video out about uh, Phil and Selmo. Yeah. A lot of people saw that as kind of a self-serving like, you know, uh, look at me, you know, yeah. get my name in the headlines kind of thing, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. Does, does he does he get another lineup together? I think yes. Originally, the bass player, the, the new bass player, Jared uh, McEarkin or whatever, he left as well, but then he decided he could stay because shit, nobody knows who he is. But I mean, you can ask anybody, Phil Demo and Dave McClain. I mean, I mean, Phil's an amazing guitar player. Dave's an amazing drummer. Uh, so they should have no problem landing on their feet. But I think he's going to take some time off, and it'll just be like Megadeth. It'll be a new, you know, revolving, you know, member, because the money's in the name. You know, if he goes and starts a new band now, you know, he can, he can get... You can get 20 more people in the club if he calls it Machine Head, you know. And, and and also, you know, everybody out there, oh, Machine Head's breaking up. That's like the, the you know, the, what do they call that, clickbait 
uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. They're not breaking up. Uh, you know, just members have left. Yeah, and you I've know, even seen people allude to this whole thing is just to try to get people to go to the tour. Which, which, well, uh, honestly, I mean, it helps because think of it this way: if if uh, Phil Demo and you know, you know, uh, Steve McQueen said, "Hey, hey, we're leaving, <laughs> we're leaving the fucking band." I mean, I'll do, I'll finish the tour and do it. You know, come on, they'll fucking do the tour and then leave. But if they say, "Oh, let me announce they're leaving before we do the tour," of course, right. people. And plus the clickbait. Oh, they're breaking up, so go see them now. Uh, yes, it's going to bring more people to yeah, the show. I, I mean, shit, I think I'm going to go, and I probably would have passed before, depending on what day of the week it is. I know they are playing the House of Blues here, and I've missed them the last couple times because they've come on a school night. And I like Machine Head. I've always thought they were good live, but is, is it worth taking a vacation day the next day to have off to go see them? You well, know? Look, but my, now I might. My opinion is you should go, even if it's a school night, because even if they stay together... Machine Head, Rob Flynn's mentality, which I want to brush upon the latest uh, thing that Chris Jericho said, which is so rich. Um, uh, what do you call, uh, if they don't become like an arena act, huge act, I know he's just going to get sick of the grind of the, of the, you know, touring, 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 and not really getting far. And he will eventually, you know, break down, you know, break up the band and go to a pizza delivery, you know, because it's going to it's gonna be more, you know, financially secure. Because Machine Head, I really don't see them becoming huge. They had, they've had so many, they've toured with Metallica, they, you know, and it was like 10 years later and they're still, right. you know, struggling, you know, and it's a shame, you know, for a lot of bands like that that have, you know, I, the best, and, and dude, I've been on such a kick lately on Death Angel. Uh, all I do is listen to the later Death Angel albums over and over again now. You want to talk about an underrated band that is struggling? Oh, man. Thank you, Metal Mike, by the way, because I got that yeah. documentary on... Oh, my God. That documentary is so honest. That. It's so honest. You know, they talk about, look, we're making no money. That's why this guy left and that guy left. I mean, we can't make it. You know, it's it's really hard. We got families and, and, and stuff, but... Him and Rob are so dedicated, and what they're doing is releasing quality fucking albums. You want to talk about an underrated band? I mean, Machine Head's more popular than Death Angel now. You know, right. it's like, and and they still go out there and try and try and try. And I mean, these are bands that you know. And hey, look, I'm not a fan of Machine Head, but I'll say for all you people that love Machine Head, like Ian, I think you should go see them, support them, and. Um, you know, secure their future because they really do depend on ticket sales and merch sales because records don't sell no more. You know, so and I'm, you know, I I have so much love after that documentary for Death Angel. Now, I've always loved them, but I have like this really deep respect for them, uh, how they continue and they plow forward and do quality shit. Their new drummer is sick as fuck. And that bass player is fucking amazing. So, oh yeah, and we have an upcoming Death Angel episode. Yes, which which really sparked my because the great Metal Mike yep. brought up the documentary, and once I bought it and watched it, I was like, dude, I love these guys even more. They're so fucking good. But uh, yeah, so what else, Ian? Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me talk. Did you see the the latest thing Chris Jericho said? I, I might have, but go ahead and say it just in case I got the wrong quote. Uh, you shouldn't be in a band. Unless you want to be the biggest band in the world. Uh, I got no problem with that. Really? 
Why not be in a band for the love of music? Oh, well, well, with that, that would go hand in hand to me. But I, but I mean, I understand the attitude, uh, don't go in it to half-ass it, you know? I want to do the best fucking podcast in the fucking world. I think we do, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it goes without saying. But my point is, that is the wrong attitude to have because you're going to have to second-guess everything. Look, what's going to get us popular? What do we have to do? You're, you're going to have to second-guess everything you write because you want to become the biggest band in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you take... if you. If you're taking that route, yeah, then I see what you're saying. Yeah, then that's bullshit. And I, I, I think that's what Fozzie has done uh, because their shit is getting more and more uh, commercial and trying to be radio friendly. Uh, I, I saw Fozzie live. I'm in the Fozzie MTV special twice. Uh, you know, and they were fun when they were a cover band. And I thought they played good. And it was all, you know, but when they try to be serious, I, you know, I just don't think the talent's there, you know, no disrespect, but you know what I mean? Just, the songs ain't there. And they're getting a little bit bigger, you know, but uh, I, I, it's just not my bad, you know. Every time I see an interview with him, he hypes up his band so much. Like, he makes them bigger than they actually are. Right. And, uh, but then when I saw that article, I go, oh, water's wet. I know exactly the way you think because you actually do think you're going to be this huge rock star you know he he foresees himself to be like the next Axl Rose but we live in an age that there's not going to be dude that's it you know the last great rock star was David Lee Roth period you know I'm sorry everybody else that came out before there were good frontmen but none matched him you know uh, I, I would give even though I'm, I'm not the hugest fan I would give Axl Rose maybe the last Big rock star. I mean, yeah, he had that it quality. Yeah. That okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll, I'll say Axl Rose, even though I, I I pretty much blame Axl Rose for destroying the rock star. You know, he kind of like became a rock star and he kind of like broke it into pieces. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You know, so but, after, uh, you know, the, the thing with Jericho though, uh, you, you know, you want to talk about some sheep fans, and that's fucking uh, professional wrestling fans. Yeah. You know. Because you got to build there. There's people that'll just buy it because he's a, a fucking wrestler. I, I mean, you know, like like wrestling fans and Kiss fans, hand in hand. <laughs> you know, like anything. Oh, God, yeah. You know, but outside of that, uh, you know, outside of the wrestling fans, he really doesn't have, you know, that big a following. And, and like I said, it's unfortunate because I've heard him be very funny. He was one of my favorite wrestlers of all the time. He's definitely my top ten. Yeah, Love you know, yeah, here's the thing. I lost touch with wrestling, you know, I, I was really much into it during, you know, the golden years, the Piper, the, you know, Honky Tonk Man during those years. Right, right. But I have heard many, many, many people say, like, he's an amazing wrestler. Oh, I, well, I, I would, not so much, like, technical. I mean, he's not bad technical, but the way he worked a fucking mic and could play a heel, I mean, he is one of the all-time greats at that, like, knowing how to, like, piss the crowd off and get the crowd in. I mean, he's really, really good at it, oh, you know. Cool. Well, that's, but, where, that's where he should shine. That's where he should stay. Yeah, but well, what are you going to, you know, your body only lasts so long, you know. And, and he, he does have a legitimate uh, passion and love for metal. I'll give him that. But his, uh, I guess you can kind of see what he said, that comment about anything to be the biggest. With the band, the same thing applied to his podcast because it's so... Uh, you know, pandering and, and like softball questions and nice to everybody so everybody will come on his show. 
And, you know, of course, it's easier to get bigger names when you're already, you know, kind of a name. Uh, but I've heard him on Kistory Science Theater, and I was t- uh, Ken Mills told me he did another Kiss podcast, and I, that one I hadn't heard. But, man, he was drunk and just being great and funny, but you listen to his show, it's like fucking, it's like Eddie Trunk. It's 40 minutes of fucking commercials and softball questions. But yeah, at, least, at least he I, does it twice a week. <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard the Paul Stanley interview, and you talk about pandering and softball questions. I mean... It was unbelievably, you know, I mean, there's so, look, but again, we're talking about Paul Stanley, which I, I'll give Jericho that. He's got to handle Stan- that with pit clubs. Yeah, man. Pa- Paul Stanley, you cannot hit him with hardball questions. You just can't. And I'm sure there's a, you know, hey, look, you can't ask me this and that because Kiss is infamous for many years, for decades, that they, they you know, they would tell interviewers beforehand you cannot mention Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Right. You know, they, they were known for that. So I'm sure, look, you want to interview me? Don't ask me about, uh, you know, uh, the scab situation. Don't ask me about my voice. Don't ask me about this and that. That's why uh, when he did the Rolling Stone thing, th- those guys probably didn't get the memo. Because let me tell you, everybody should listen to that recent Rolling Stone thing. I don't know if they didn't get the, the memo, or that might have been the one where he's so desperate to get major coverage for this yeah. tour that probably nobody's going to go to. He probably broke his own rule just to get, you know, a higher level lo- level of coverage. And that's yeah. what gets me about these KISS podcasts. It's like, they all play very safe because they think they're going to get him. And Gene, look, Gene and Paul, as far as KISS podcasts go, they don't want nothing to do with KISS podcasts. Gene and Paul want to go somewhere where there's not KISS fans so they can make new KISS fans. They already got you, you know, uh, know, I'm not going to mention names, and I love some of them, but, you know, honestly, if you come out there and say, Paul sucks and this and that, which, I mean, I heard heard Decibel Geek say it, you know, uh, slam Paul's voice, and I was like, fuck yeah, man. I mean, I, I love honesty, you know? It's like, just say it as it is, man. I mean, stop fucking, you know... Ignoring the elephant in the room, right. you know, and just say it. Paul's voice fucking sucks. Well, if you want to hear me sound like I do on a live, go listen to a live. And and also there was a lot of people, of course, the sheep. Oh no, that wasn't lip syncing on Americans Got Talent. That was really, dude. Paul said on the fucking Rolling Stone interview that was pre-recorded. And some people are saying that it's from the Sonic Boom era. Uh, I guess they did Detroit Rock City something like on a. That, that I get, I think it's the CD that has all the covers. Yeah. Uh, they actually, use that. They, actually, that was recorded at Cobo Hall in Detroit in 1976. <laughs> you know, I, I took off the makeup because why deprive people of this beautiful face? <laughs> That's an actual quote. <laughs> that is an actual quote. <laughs> Uh, makes me miss the days of the nurse. Yeah. Oh my God. You talk about, oh my God. You talk about like <laughs> the worst front man ever, ever is great performer. But boy, when he hits that mic and starts talking, I, I, I want to shoot myself. It's like people. And then she got down on my 501s and went, oh my God, just shoot me already. Get to the next song. Fucking. Between you and me, that baby had the biggest damn tongue I ever seen. He may look like a boy, but he's built like a man. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, well, go watch Animalize Live. And, <laughs> and then after you watch it, you think he's still a great front man? Get a lobotomy, seriously. I think well, maybe he already got one. There's a reason that's never been re-released. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it's because Paul's like, no, that shit's embarrassing. You know, I, I I watched that a million times as a kid. Oh, my God, I watched it over and over and over. And always wondered, why, why did they never re-release that? And then I watched it maybe like two or three years ago. Like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like. All the songs are played too fast, and, and, and the, the speeches are embarrassing, and I, I kind of get why, you know, because really, otherwise, it makes no sense. Kiss the kings of trying to separate you from your money. Why would they not re-release something? Yeah, because they're embarrassed. Paul says his raps went up the snuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unlike now. Yeah. Jesus, it's still bad. You know, anyway, so, all right, what else is up? All right, well, we're about ready to wrap it up, but before we do, we got one last story that pertains to this episode, and that is the fact that Motley Crue are recording four new songs, uh, which they haven't officially said, but it, pretty much everybody knows. They're probably putting out their 372nd Greatest Hits album, uh, you know, to go along with the release of the Dirt Lifetime movie. And uh, Lifetime? And, Lifetime Network? No, I'm Marcus Welby. It's a Netflix, but geez, oh. you, you know that's going to be the quality. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be terrible. It's going to be a Lifetime movie with Nancy McKeon. Uh, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> yeah. Joe, right? Is that yeah. Joe from yeah. Family? You take the girl, you take the bad. It'd be Nancy McKeon and Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> oh, man. It's starring Sybil Shepard. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so they record these new songs. They, they showed... Nikki and Tommy were in the studio with Bob Rock, and I'm sure Mick is probably just mailing them a tape, and nobody showed up when Vince came in. But they're going to be horrible songs. I mean, all of the songs they've recorded since they've got back together have just been so subpar. So, remember that sex song? That was the last one they put out? Oh, God. That sucked. Oh, it's that bad. Oh, and if, if there's any band that should be able to sing about fucking, it should be fucking Motley Crue. And they can't even do that anymore. Nope. But, uh, yeah, I have no expectations for this. Uh, but with Bob Rock back, at least you know it'll be overproduced and the drums will sound good. Yeah. And the uh, movie looks terrible. I mean, just yeah. the pictures I've seen, those guys don't look like Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they filmed it here. My old lady actually went down and met uh, the dude that plays McMars. He's also on uh, Game of Thrones. And he was drinking downstairs at 45. He looks and, a little too chubby to be McMars. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've, I've got I've got no uh, no expectations for this or the songs. But hey, uh, there's plenty of Motley Crue fanatics out there that are that are getting very excited for this. I'm and gonna watch it. Oh yeah, I'll watch it as a train wreck. You know. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be uh, as quality as Kiss Me Savannah in the Park. It'll be so bad it's great. I, I'm thinking it's gonna be more long lines than that fucking VH1 uh, Death Leopard movie. Oh, that was real. That's that that was just bad. I never even watched it. Oh, I did. It's so bad. Well, there you go. But, uh, hey, if you're excited about it, more power to you. Now let's get to it and bring in luscious Johnny V. Johnny Bogan, what do you say? (laughs) Gurgle your loins. This is a good one. (laughs) Doink. Doink. (laughs) Here we go. Cowbells and all. All right. Now we're going to review the 1982, right? 82? Uh, 81, well, 81, 81's leather, 82, 
is uh, Electra. Yeah, Electra. Um, Too Fast for Love with Motley Crue and uh, Ian. Who do we have with us to do this? Like, if I didn't know. Oh my God, the legend himself, luscious Johnny V. Johnny Vogan is with us today. He was just at the fair. Just at the fair, and I'm glad to be here with you guys. Excited. Let's see how glad you are when we're done with this shit. Oh. Oh. All right. Friday so. night, I got a bunch of beer. I'm having a blast. It's going to be Yeah, great. make it quick. we got to be done in 15 minutes so we can talk about Kiss. Yeah, that's right. It's all about <laughs> Kiss. All right. Um, I'll go first. I discovered Motley Crue in a magazine. I saw the, you know, that popular picture of them posing uh, where on that, uh, you know, the, the, the inner sleeve of Too Fast for Love with the pentagram and the swords and all that. Was it Tiger Beat? Uh, no, I don't remember. Maybe Circus or something. I didn't watch Tiger Beat or 16 Magazine. Lee Gertzman admitted he did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, first impression was, like, oh, fuck, these guys look like Kiss. And then I heard, then I saw Livewire on MTV. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are gods. And then I went and bought the album. And then I'll tell you what I feel about the album after Johnny and Ian tell us about their introduction to this album. Go, guys. Go ahead, Johnny. Okay, well, my introduction to Motley Crue was, uh, I'd say I was probably about eight or nine years old. Um, just had a babysitter, sat around, watched MTV all summer. And uh, my dad was into, like, classic rock and stuff, so I'd been into, you know, listen, been around music, listening to music, but I remember the video for Girls, Girls, Girls coming on. And I remember, like, watching the crew roll into that strip club and Tommy Lee, like, throw his switchblade right in the middle of the table, and I just thought this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Dug the song, and I just it was a huge, that was, like, my first favorite band was Motley Crue. And then I immediately went back and like a lot of it was like just dubbed on cassette through friends and got uh, um, theater and show and uh, too fast for love. And I remember my my dad got me uh, and I always like sometimes I make it my profile picture on Facebook, a Motley Crue shirt. And it's one of those really cool Alistair, Alistair Fiend Motley oh, Crue yeah. shirts. Oh, and I used to wear that to school, and I just thought I was just the coolest fucking kid. The most underrated and, uh, mascot ever. Oh, totally Seriously. true. And uh, I, I loved, uh, I loved. Cooler school. than Eddie. I agree. Well, of course you would. Of course I do. Of course I do. And uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I liked uh, probably Too Fast for Love, like the least of those those era albums at first i didn't listen to it as much because i didn't see the videos and stuff love still loved it but i mean i wasn't in love with it spoiler like i am now like right now uh it's like a 1b for me crew album so and go ahead uh, well i discovered him with shout the devil and i remember seeing the video for uh too young to fall in love and really liking it but uh I didn't buy it at the time, but I got like, you know, Twist Sister, Stay Hungry, Pyromania, Metal Health. I had all that shit. But it took me a little while to, to buy the crew. I'm, I'm pretty sure the first one I bought was the one that Johnny Vogan likes to point out. Changed my life. Theater of Pain. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and, 
and, and I really dug that one. So then I went back and I did the uh, the Columbia House. You know, uh, they were definitely part of my first purchase from Columbia House. I got shot at the devil and uh, Too Fast for Love. Columbia House, the place to learn how to steal at a young age. That's right. And uh, I definitely gravitated more towards Shout at the Devil. I like this one, but it, it just it sounded so different and so raw at a time where all the other stuff I was listening to wasn't quite as raw. It was a lot more polished. So much like you were saying, Johnny, took me a while to get into this. Uh, but eventually uh, I did, and I dug it. There's still songs on this album that I think stand amongst the finest of Motley Crue. Shit, the best Motley Crue songs on this album. Bam! Uh, and, uh... My favorite Motley Crue song is on this album. Oh, uh, okay. Not my well, favorite, uh, but the best. Well, I... Uh... You know, I, I dug it. I just didn't get into it as much as the other ones, but I gotta say, going back and listening to this for the review... Uh, cause I was ready to totally like shit all over this and there, there's certain songs. Yes. I'm totally going to shit all over, but, uh, going back and listening to it today, I was like, wow. It just reminded me how shittier they got in the future, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, uh, it, it made this album sound Ouch. better because I'm thinking of the other true, shit they put out. True. Yeah, I, I know. Cause that's all I say is the truth. Even when Dude, I, like, I, I, back and i also i listened to the leather version too i listened to the leather version to, you know, to do i, I started to i was gonna listen to the, the original version and then i was gonna listen to the leather version and then i saw like uh, you know I, uh, usually i listen to the album a couple times and then i take notes and then i was like okay then i'll listen to the leather and i'll take my notes but like the leather version has you know the songs are in a different order and everything i'm like well, you know what i'm getting too drunk to do this i'm just gonna re-listen to the original but I like some stuff that I heard on the leather, and I haven't listened to that since I first bought the uh, Music to Crash Your Cars to Volume 1. Uh, when that first came out, I listened to it. That, that was the first time I heard the leather version. But some, uh, There's a it, few it, versions I prefer. Some are bad, but yeah. some I like a little bit better. But, man, you you, th- you think, uh, you know, the Electra version is raw. Holy shit, the, the leather version even raw, raw. Mm-hmm. Double raw. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Arr, isn't that like a file? No, that, that that's a Voivod album. Oh, that's right, the best one, the first one. Johnny loves that one. <laughs> it I'm is different. his favorite. But uh, yeah, yeah there, there, there's some shit I love on this, but there's there's some absolute fucking poo poo on it too. But we'll get into that as we go song for song. I love you. <laughs> Ditto Rambo. All right, well, uh, Lush Johnny V, you are our special guest, so why don't you take the first track, Livewire? Livewire is an absolute American metal anthem and standard. Uh, It's just a defining song of of that time period. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, Just that iconic image comes to mind of Nikki Six with being lit on fire and uh i think it's a fantastic song i actually this is one of the few songs um that i actually prefer the leather version of the song because if you listen to the leather records version of the song um towards the end of the song when there's a couple uh 
there's a couple, you know, short breaks. Uh, you can hear like some clapping and like some some background noise, like some ruckus in the background, and I think that just really adds to the to the grit of it. And uh, there's a lot of echo on Vince's voice, and uh, I think that's cool. Um, but I love Livewire. Uh, just an absolute crew classic, American metal classic. Now, do you know the leather version from the uh, box set, or are you such an Uber fan? Like you went out and like found an original copy. No, no, you can't. You you cannot find. You can find them, but they're so expensive. You know who has an original copy is Ron Demart. Oh, Dirtbiz. Yeah, oh, wow, I believe it. Yeah, exactly. He he has an original leather version, but. I mean, if you look on Discogs for them, they're they're really really expensive. So, so you got the music to crash your car too, box set. That's how you heard it. What? I is have there, it. Bur- I a, have it burned on a CD. Is there a right. difference? Oh yeah. I don't think really. So. Is there a difference? Music uh, crash your car too. There's a difference because oh, here, here's oh, the no. thing. Here's the thing. I had the leather version on a cassette back in the '80s, and I don't recall because I have both both those music. Uh, Crash your car through box sets. And hearing it, I, I didn't notice a difference. No, no, I thought you, I thought you meant a difference between the Electra and the, no, and no, the leather. I'm okay. saying the, the leather on the box set, I, I believe, is the same as the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I was I was just curious to see if he had that box set, or because I know Johnny's no. an Uber fan. He doesn't have the box set, and we do. No. What the fuck is wrong with this planet? Yeah, I know. We don't even like Motley Crue. We don't like it as much as him. I like Motley Crue. Don't get me wrong. I like just about every album has a song I like, a song or two I like. Every one. Even Swine, Johnny's worst album. Oh, wait, wait. No, no. I take that back. That last one. There's yeah, not same. a good song to be found on that one. There's not. Well, I, I can find one. but Which, yeah, we, generate- which we, re- we, we actually recorded half of it. And it got lost in the great computer crash. So yes. with Vogan, but it didn't. Uh, too bad. But anyway, it's the real. It's a real bloodbath. That's right. Notice Ian, how I'm yapping. You know, I'm not. Tr- I'm not rushing. Hurry up, Ian. Tell us what you think about Livewire. Oh, Livewire. Let me refer to my notes here. Fuck yeah, one of their best. Uh, an awesome song and an awesome video. And, uh, you know, got to give it to Nikki Six for writing a classic here and having the foresight to uh, realize he's in Motley Crue and try to kill himself by setting himself on fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, man, this, this, there's nothing bad you can say about this song. This is early 80s American metal, uh, a perfect track. Uh, nothing bad I can say here. It's, it's classic, man. What do you think, Ralph? I think it's the greatest Motley Crue song ever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually listened to Too Fast for Love today after not listening to it for many, many moons. And listening, well, I got to tell you, my favorite version of this song is the one on Decade of Decades. And also, Piece of Your Action. I love how they sound on those. It's just got got a beefier sound. I, I never bought that album, so I don't know how the remixes are. I've been trying to get my hands on that on vinyl, but it's like out of print because there's so many other greatest hits. How, 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 have to pick how one expensive up. is that, Johnny? The Decade of Decadence? I, I don't think that one's too bad. I, I don't have it on vinyl. I, I have it on CD. But, uh, oh man, yeah, it's the best Motley Crue song ever. It's the first Motley Crue song I ever heard. And, uh, you know, it is debatable. 
because going from the greatest Molly Cruz song to I don't know, man, it's neck and neck with Brandon on the next track. <laughs> Woo! Come on and dance. Come on and dance. What the fuck? And I'll never forget when I bought this album because I bought this album. I mean, before Shot of the Devil. Right when I saw the Livewire video, you know, I was like, ooh, I need to get this album. This shit rules. These guys are awesome. And I heard that song and I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? Uh, it's definitely one of the worst Motley Crue songs I've ever heard in my life. And boy, did that ha- does this song have competition? <laughs> but this shit's better than fucking Last Band on the Moon. I mean, worse. <laughs> it is so ridiculously bad. You know, electric love like Sandra D. You could have seen him dance. Come on, Johnny, sing with me. Come on and dance. (laughs) (laughs) This is fucking terrible. And it really did not set my mood really good the first time spinning it. I was like, ah. But then, you know, as time went on, and I'll be honest with you, I am going to Mm -hmm. admit, I'm going to admit now something that I've never admitted before. Because I've never done this for any other band. The, the reaction to Motley Crue's Too Fat for Love, this is before Shout at the Devil. Everybody that I knew worshipped this fucking album. And I'm a young guy. I don't know no better. I'm kind of like, well, fucking there's something missing. You know, I got to like this. And listening to it today, I realized, I was like, yeah, you know, this song I used to like because of peer pressure. And I, I can never say that about any other band or album. But there's songs on here that I listen to today going, yeah, I think I like this song because all my friends did. Because it's really not good. And th- But this one's the worst on the album. It's fucking terrible. Me, I, I don't like E, man. What do you think, uh, Ian? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't think you liked it because of peer pressure. Because if they like this, they're not your peer. I think you like this because of queer pressure. Yeah. Some queers who like this song. I had a bunch <laughs> of Johnny Vogan-like friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Johnny's quiet. I think he's mad. The, the dumbest fucking chorus I've ever heard. And then it has to be repeated like 37 fucking times. And I, I know I, I know I'm in the minority here because uh, I don't suck the dick of Tommy Lee. But this has the... Don't you dare go in and don't, don't you... Hey, hey Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Hit the cowbell. All right. This has the stupidest... The stupidest cowbell sound I ever heard. Uh, and I, I love the cowbell. But uh, when, when Tommy plays it on this album, it makes fucking Stephen Adler sound like John Bonham. When you hear the cowbell in this song, I swear to God, it sounds like somebody's getting hit on the head in a Three Stooges. Fucking, <laughs> you know, the clink. I mean, I mean, seriously, it is the worst cowbell sound ever. But, you know, and, and Ralph had another great point. Like, man, you got something like Livewire, which is, I mean, to me, that is like a, like a cat scratch fever or a fucking parasite. You know, it's like, it's an American hard rock classic perfect track. And then you followed up with this, man. They should have kept the fucking... Uh, Let's see, on the leather version, went into Public Enemy number one. I could have yeah. handled that a lot much better. Later. It was much later. Yeah, I, I could have handled that a lot better than you follow up something that fucking kick-ass. Uh, 
And I want to say, say something about Livewire too that uh, is very unpopular. Only Johnny will agree with me on this. Tom, uh, when 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 um, Vince Neil goes, "Come on, baby, gotta dance." Oh, baby. love that! And then he goes into the high note at the end. Be my tune. When he hits that high note, ooh, he, he did that shit on the farewell tour. As bad as he may be a singer, he can still hit high notes. Thank you. He just can't. He just he gets out of breath because he's so out of shape. Yeah, true. But he can still hit those high notes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's fifty-seven years old. People get fat. It happened to me sooner. <laughs> Shit happens. I, I I gotta tell you though, as much as I bag on fucking Motley Crue, man, I went twice on the farewell tour, and it was a great fucking show. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, you know, the only down part was that fucking hip hop fucking drum solo. That was terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I had to pass it. I, I couldn't go because it was like a week after uh, a week after I saw Van Halen, and I had to pick. And I because I didn't. Oh have well, the well you made the right choice. Holy I know. Fuck, I know, man. I this guy it. didn't go see. Motley I did. Crew. He doesn't own the box sets. What the fuck? I didn't go. I didn't go to the farewell tour because it just it was really close, and I just I spent too much money at the Van Halen concert. Oh, it, it was, I, I'll tell you, you know, both times I saw him, Motley totally got owned by Alice Cooper, but Motley still put on a, a, a great show. I, I mean, they, I gotta say, that was the greatest pyro show I've ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, my God, yes, it was. That yes, was insane. Was. I mean, it was, I mean, dude, I wasn't that close. I mean, I wasn't far. I had side seats, let's say 20 rows away. I felt the heat. From all those flames. Oh yeah. From where I oh was yeah. Standing. I was like, how the fuck can these guys perform on stage with that much heat? It's crazy. Yeah, but it, it was it, it was a great show. Uh, so I can lie, they're entertaining. Motley Crue has a certain like it factor that made up for the fact of like subpar songs. You, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. Like you know, I was just I was like, I was getting into like between them and Red. I think Red had far better songs but Mot- Motley Crue had here we go again just like well, Saints yep that Mot- Motley Crue though <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie they had Motley Crue had greater songs Rat was more consistent with decent good songs but Motley Crue had uh, more great that, songs that, that, Johnny there man Rat, Rat never wrote a, hot, a fucking red hot thank you uh, that, that's your all's opinion but Bastards. I will be I will give you, Molly Crew just had that fucking, they knew how to put on a fucking show. When, you know, Rat gets out there and fucking Stephen Piercy just stands there and sings, it, it doesn't compare to a Motley Crew show where shit's getting blown up and fucking, you know, flying drummers and all this shit. Molly Crew puts on a great show, uh, you know, better than their songs, kind of like a Kiss show, you know? He gets hey, who's that? Peter Griffin? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Motley Crue songs, I absolutely love "Come On and Dance." By the way, I think it's well, well, it's your turn it's now, John. Go yes, it. Fantastic. I love it. And I was just, I was just thinking to myself, I'm glad that it's. It, I like it better than Public Enemy Number One. So I'm glad oh. Extra Mix, the Electra Mix, had it where it is. Okay. And I think it's great. I mean, the it's a great lyrical song. I mean, what? watch your stream, watch your suck you clean. I mean, who doesn't like a lyric like that? Me and Ian, I mean, that's who. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Come in your pants. Come in your pants. I love the cowbell. I love the riff. 
boink. I think I think that the album, this album is full of great, great lyrics, great stories. The album is a savage journey into the back streets of Los Angeles. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Savage animal. I stole that from Hunter Thompson, by the way. But yeah, I love Come On and Dance. I think it's a great song. I think it's a great song. Well, I'll tell you this. I hate that song Dance from Rat, but I'll give Rat the edge on that one. I love love that song, too. Yeah, well, it goes without saying. There you go. You two should get a room. Yeah, yeah. We'd be having fun. I don't have much. Hey, Johnny, why don't you take the next one? Oh, All right. yeah! Public oh, Enemy Number One. Oh, yeah! Another one that I love. It's a, it's a grower on me, though. It's a grower on me, and this is one I actually prefer the leather version. And I, I really don't have a reason. I listened to both of them a couple of times. I mean, it's just I like that version. I like Vince's vocal on it a little bit better. But I think it's a it's a it's a dirty. I mean, this album is dirty. I mean, it's gritty. I mean, it's dark. It's darker than people think. Uh, I'm a big fan of this song. I love the riff. I mean, I love the chorus. Um, I think Vince's vocals got a little bit of echo on it in the leather version that I think uh, is cool. Um, but I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of this whole album. I mean, overall, this is definitely not one of my top tracks, but I still like it. Um, as far as Molly Crew goes, like this has risen up for me and like just below shout. It's like a one A, this is like a one B for me because I think it's so different. And it's songs like this. This is just not your typical Motley Crew song. And I set you up for a good uh, good punchline there. But I mean it's <laughs> it's just not it is dark because I close my eyes and ears when this comes on. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. But it's just not your typical. Hey, I got that one ten seconds later. I like those ten second Ian jokes. It, it's a joke, Renee. I pull the plug and throw it. It's dark because I listen with my eyes closed. That's genius, bro. Songs. The songs on this album are stories. They're they're just more in depth. Nikki wasn't lazy. Like yeah, you school us there, Johnny. Yeah, they, like there, there are stories yeah. that make Doctor Seuss sound like fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, this this appetite, this appetite for destruction before appetite. I mean, it's that gritty album. They were living it on the streets. They were writing these stories. I mean, I, I love it. Absolutely love this song. So, one of you guys take it away. Go ahead. Ian. All right, I'll take it. Actually, uh, I, I don't know if the song is is okay or if it just sounds okay because it came after fucking come on and dance. Uh, I, I said it's, it's so-so. I kind of hear a little cheap trick influence on this. And I hear a whole lot of what Poison would base their career on. Uh, <laughs> I believe this one goes back to London days. Because there's a co-write credit with uh, Lizzie Gray, who Nikki Six was uh, a band member with in London. Uh, it, it, it's not the worst song on here. But it's definitely not the best. But fuck, is this shit better than Come On and Dance? So I, I think it's a, it's a mediocre song that I'm giving uh, more of a pass to because it came on after Come On and Dance. What do you think, Ralph? Well, you know what? Listening to this album today, this song went from piss poor to fair. Uh, hearing it today, I was like, well, you know what? This song is not as bad as I remember. It's okay. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great song. But it's right. actually better than what I remember it being because 
I don't listen to Too Fast for Love. I really don't. I listen to Decade of Decadence, you know, if I want to hear, you know, Livewire, you know, and Spoiler, Piece of Your Action. Those probably are the two best ones. But um, the, even though there are more, after listening to today, I was like, dude, this album is better than I remember. I like, you know, yeah. some of the songs I never thought were that good. I was like, you know, this, this ain't that bad, you know, but, uh, you know, but nothing could save. Come on, dance. Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, Public Enemy number one is okay. You know, it's not a bad song. You know, I think like Mick Mars said about this album, it's fucking demos. You know, it wasn't really properly recorded. And not even that guy, the fucking, uh, the dude that did Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Roy Thomas Baker. He can't even fix this album, like, to make it sound more. (laughs) But who who the fuck did Decade of Decadence? Because whoever did that beefed up that sound, you know? Uh, I'm looking. Though he totally ruined Home Sweet Home. That version is fucking blown. But, um, yeah, it's okay. I don't hate it as much. Let me tell you something. If I wouldn't have listened to this album today... I probably would have slammed the fuck out of this song. I'm glad I did. So I think it's okay. Um, all right, I'll take the next one. What is it? Merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had this discussion before. Uh, I think it was in the top worst Motley Crue songs. Ian yes. hates Ian hates this song. Spoiler oh, yeah. alert, I like this song a lot. It, <laughs> even, even the rep, I admit, it's repetitious as a motherfucker. Merry go round and round. It just doesn't stop. And I still tap my toe and juggle my nuts. I like this song. There's something about Merry Go Round. I really like this tune. You know, I gotta get away. And you know, here's something also I, I gotta mention. Uh, listening to this album today, what really dawned on me was holy fuck, man. Mick Mars is amazing on this album. Because his guitar work on this album. It's fucking, unbelievable. It's great. unbelievable. It's great. It's really, really good. I, I think he is the standout member of Motley Crue. And the thing with Mick Mars is, to me, he's like an Ace Frehley. Not technically like the greatest guitar player, but he has a sound that when you hear it, you're like, that's Mick Mars. And it's a good sound. You know, I, I love Mick Mars guitar work, man. It, it's, it's simple, much like Ace's. But it's identifiable, and I would I would much rather have somebody with an identifiable sound than a, than a fucking Ingve. I'll take McMars over Ingve. Fuck it, you know. Right on. Yeah, I like. That's I how like come when I listen to Saints of Los Angeles, I know it's not McMars. It's not. right. <laughs> well, it might be, but he didn't write those songs. Yeah, I know. That's a six a.m. No <laughs> right. Six a.m. Uh, that's, that's DJ Ashba. Yeah, Nick Nicky Six is like, hey, let's end Motley Crue because six a.m. is the future. Now he's like sitting home. Oh. 6 a.m. broke up. Yeah, it's 6 a.m. and he's hitting snooze. Actually, actually right now, Nick, and he posts about this on social media. He's taking bass and guitar lessons. Yeah, I've seen that. He's on my Instagram. That that, that guy. Uh, he puts up. He's always on Instagram. Uh, I always see a Nicky. Nicky Six puts up the coolest old pictures of Motley Dude, Crue on his Instagram. He's very interactive with the fans. I'll give him that. Very interesting for the fans. So anyway, yeah, uh, I like it. But, uh, you know, before you go, Johnny, because you're a fucking nutswinger, let's hear Ian. I, I, I'm going to love this part. I like when Ian oh. hates shit. I like <laughs> Unlike <laughs> Ian, he gets upset with me. Fucking merry go round and round. <laughs> <laughs> Real lame, old man. Real lame. <laughs> this shit's <laughs> terrible. Uh, 
they actually they had to change this song. Uh, it was originally called Teeter Totter, but somebody else had a song called Teeter Totter. <laughs> Fucking merry-go-round. Just the name in itself is like, how gay can you get? Oh my! And not not like in a cool like sucking cock way, but just like gay. Oh my god, this song is fucking terrible. And yeah, that, you, you know, it's like, they got so repetitive with come on dance, or like, how can we top it? Oh yeah, we can say <laughs> merry-go-round fucking 37 times more in so a Mary, row. So, so merry-go-round's worse than come on and dance to you. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, 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 it's like juggling with two fucking dicks that don't go in <laughs> vaginas. Yeah. It's like, uh, like uh, the the two worst songs on the album by far, and that's saying something because there's another shitty song coming up. But uh, yeah, Miracle Round, oh god, you know, and and they're kind of going for a fucking quasi power ballad kind of thing. I don't know, but the other one I feel is is much more successful. I, uh, I predict that you one. think On with the Show is a shitty song. I'm gonna predict. Don't t- okay, don't answer okay, yet. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, say. I'm not gonna say. But uh, but if you predicted that, I thought this song sucks. Well, then ding ding ding, we have a winner. Oh, I'm sorry, not ding ding ding. Let's do a Tommy Lee cowbell for Come On Dance. Doink doink. Hit the cowbell, Ralph. Well, Johnny, what do you think of Merry Go Round and Round? Merry Go Round and Round. I I was kind of in the Ian camp for a long time on Merry Go Round, but um. I don't, I don't hate it nearly as much as Ian. It's, it's my least favorite track on the album, probably on the electric version. But uh, I think the leather version is, is, is good. I like it a lot more. It's way different. The riff is totally different. Um, it's just a, it's a completely different song. You gotta, you gotta listen to that to, uh, to understand that. Ian, you should go back and check that out. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah, you, you were you were you were in my camp, and then you got sent home for touching other boys' peepees. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the, the, the Electra version is way different, and uh, I, I like that version, or I'm sorry, the leather version is way different. I like that version a lot more. Uh, the guitar's different. The riff is different. It's, it's a more stripped-down version in the song. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's better, um, but the song, the, the problem is there's just too many merry-go-rounds. I mean, I still, I don't hate it. I think it's got some, some decent aspects, um, but it, it would probably be my least favorite song on, on the album, but not enough, not enough to where I would skip it, because I don't skip it. I don't skip it. I You're still, a masochist. Yeah, st- sure, sure. I still, I still, still like it. All right, uh, Johnny, why don't you take the last track on side one? Yo! Take me to the fucking top. No, it's take me to the top. Hey, hey. In a black heart and alley fight, I'm screaming, take me to the heights tonight. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, it's dirty. Yeah, it's gritty. No way, man. Well, it does, actually, because this is not my... There are songs in the cell I like better, but the song's fantastic. I mean... The tempo changes are fantastic. The lyrics are fantastic. The riff, I love it. It's one of my favorite Motley Crue songs. It's one of the reasons why this album is right up there with like a 1B for me with Shout at the Devil, like neck and neck. I absolutely love Taking the Top. I think it's fantastic. As far as both versions go, I think they're pretty similar. I don't have one I prefer over the other. Um, I love, love, love Taking to the Top. I think it's a total crew classic. Ian Go ahead. Wadley? 
All right. Well, I, I find Vince to be a little whiny and nasally on the that's vocal a, on this. That's incorrect. That's an incorrect statement. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Patient data, Star Child. Also, what you said when you said that uh, Mick was a standout member of uh, Motley Crue, that's just false. It's got to be Vince. Oh, I think it's Tommy. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Mick. Uh, I just, just busting your ass. Actually, the only standout member was John Karabi. <laughs> oh, uh, no. The only standout member was Matthew Trippi. Samantha Maloney. Or whatever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's got more balls than a lot of these songs. Um, yeah, I, I find uh, Vince's delivery a little whiny and nasally on this, but I can dig it. This is one of those, uh, you know, they'd get a lot worse from here on out, you know, on, on future albums, especially. You know, I, I, I find a lot of, you know, post-theater uh, pain, like, like very hard to fucking take. Uh, but, you know, you, you put you put this song on Girls, 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 it would be the fucking best song on the album. Uh, but but here it's here it's, it's just okay. Uh, I, I, I don't hate it like Merry-Go-Round or Come On and Dance. It's kind of on par with uh, Public Enemy number one. Just, you know, oh. it's, it's there. You know, it's it's a good oh song. Oh my god! It, it's no live wire, but Kiss. uh Oh my god! <laughs> it's Kiss. Oh, they I'm never put, they never put out a bad album. Oh, Kiss, that's, that's the, the name. One. Kiss, they may look insane. It's Kiss. Oh my god! If this was a Kiss album, though, I mean, I mean, you, you look at the shit songs I'd say, like. You know, live wire going to come on and dance. That'd be like following a parasite with fucking just a boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. But uh, take me to the top, man. I I think it's it's a fine way to end side one. It, it ends it on on a nice mediocre note. Oh. Yeah, what do you think? Well, you know, I think we all agree it's not a bad song. I like it. I I think I like it more than Ian, but less than Johnny. But I do like the song. I think it's uh, I like the gun 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 gun. No, and also the effects to the guitar. I like that sound it has. It's kind of like I don't know. It's I don't know how to robotic a little bit. You know, gang gang gang. The sound effect they put in that guitar. Um, I dig it. It's 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 a pretty cool song. Um. It's one of the better ones on here. Um, yeah, it's good. I'll flip the album over, and I'll take it to uh, the only song that survived the set list since I've been seeing them, except for the first reunion, and we'll get into that song later, is a uh, piece of your action. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's all right. I-, I like this song, actually. I really do like this song. I think it's a really cool song. I think it does it does have room for improvement though as far as like uh, you know a little more structure to it and but you know I'm not, that's just me nitpicking uh, I do like the song a lot I think a uh, piece of your action is probably uh, my third favorite or maybe my second favorite off the album I have to think about it but yeah I like I like this song quite a bit what do you think there Johnny this would be, I would say, just just going back, "Take Me to the Top" is actually my second favorite song on the album. This would be my third. I love the song. I think it's a total crew classic. Um, I think it just fits perfectly right where it's at in the album. Because I mean, I this album is such—it's it, almost like a, a concept album. 
I mean, <laughs> I've heard other people say that about the, it's just a dark concept yeah. album. About it's a the concept crew. album like The Elder, right, Ian? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck He's the Elder. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. But like this song champion. is great. It's one of the best Motley Crue songs of all time, hands down. Um, the, the Mick Mars solo, the Mick Mars solo <laughs> is unbelievable. Not the best, not the best album. My hands are down my pants when I'm listening to this fucking song. Absolutely, I fucking love it. I love it. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> Now that's a good one. Really. Hit the cowbell. But dude, the, the solo's fantastic, and, and it's not even my favorite one on this album. But it's unbelievable. And Vince comes in right after Mick solo with just an epic, epic. Oh yeah. Theme. It's fantastic. Love it. Love it. I, I love. That's my favorite part right there. Wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, you got that. Good part. Good, good there. Good, good, good. Whatever I'm trying to say, Johnny. Good point. It's. Uh, I love that part. That part's awesome. That makes the song for me. Best part. Absolutely. I like Vince, dude. I think Vince. Yeah, of course. You know, he's kind of sloppy and shitty live, but on this album, man, he, you know, well, mainly shout, but. Like those high notes, I really dig Vince when he hits those high notes. You know? I do too. You and I are both. I mean, you're the only other person besides myself that is really, really likes Vince's first two solo albums. Oh yeah, Car- I, I do. I really I don't do. Don't like Harp and Stone though, but Shit, I do too. I like. I, I like the other one. The covers album was good too. Tattoos and Tequila is a good album. Yeah, Long Cool Woman Black Dress, great cover. There's a couple of good ones on there, too. Good. Yeah, um, the Scorpions cover was cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another piece of meat. All right, Ian, what do you think there of a uh, piece of your action? All right, well, this is where I school your asses. I'm sitting down, sir. Okay. Best fucking song on the album. One of Ooh. the best fucking Motley Crue songs ever. God damn. Damn, do I love this song. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Pure sleaze, man. I, it's a fucking classic. And goddamn that little fucking breakdown. Fucking Mick Mars owns this fucking song. Uh, but Vince Neil's a close second, man, because he really knocks out the park on this one. Uh, the first of two co-writes from Vince Neil, who uh, normally doesn't have shit to add. Uh, you know, normally he just takes from the buffet, but here, man, he <laughs> fucking adds something and, uh, you, you can tell like he's into this one, man, but fucking Mick Mars, again, my favorite Motley Crew member, uh, nails it on this one, a great tone on this and, uh, definitely a standout track cause it's a sleeper track. In my opinion, most people, uh, if, if you speak of this album, they, you know, it's a uh, live wire and the title track. And, and, and nobody says shit about the rest, man. But to me, uh, the best album track and the best track, period, man. I absolutely love Piece of Your Action. This is, uh, I, I, I stick by this one. I give Motley Crue like, fuck yeah, okay, you did it here. No fucking Three Stooges shit on this, man. This is just great early 80s American metal, man. Kicks fucking ass. Right on. Amen. Amen. Yes, but then you got Starry Eyes. Jesus Christ, Starry Eyes does nothing for me. This is some fucking chick bullshit here. Oh God! And uh, I, I remember uh, what's that? That Hua, that fucking uh, Nikki was engaged to. Um, Johnny uh, Vogan. 
Yeah. Manny, yeah. Not that Manny, cool. Manny, he's been in age of many, many. Oh, no, Bruce, no, Bruce Dickinson's that, 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 wife. That, uh... Uh, Cat Van Halen. Dana Dierico. Yeah, oh, no, Cat yeah, uh, Van Dam or whatever. Girl. Yeah, she, yeah, she's got the, the the stars all around her eyes. And she said it was because of this song. So she was like a stalker, uh, you know. But then, of course, everybody knows that Nikki left her for Johnny Bogan. Um, and we're living happily ever after. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've, I've gotten a picture of myself with uh, Nikki's current girl. Uh, met her, met met her at the, at the uh, New Orleans show. Got my picture taken with her. You sent me that on Messenger. Yes, you did. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got a picture tonight of uh, Johnny making out with Nikki at the fair. Nice, nice. We did, we did. And then then I gave him his guitar lesson. Nice. <laughs> he was eating more than elephant ears and cotton candy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, starry eyes. This one. Uh, 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 uh. Fucking yeah, yeah, this does nothing for me. They they could have left this one off. It would have made a great EP. Well, I mean, fuck. Motley Crue's Greatest Hits is an EP to me. But, uh, yeah, Star Eyes would not be on there. Not one of my favorites. What do you think, Johnny Bogan? You seem a little upset when I uh, said no, that about No, 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 hey. It's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, right, it's man. My oh, opinion is this is my all-time favorite Motley Crue song. Oh, and my favorite song me. on the album. You got you No, no. This is no. my this is my favorite Motley. I've posted on the Facebook page numerous times. This is my favorite Motley Crue song. Um, I love it. I absolutely love this song. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Wow. I love Vince's vocal delivery. It's unbelievable. Now let me tell you something. The leather version of this song. If you if you don't like this one. Go listen to the leather version of Starry Eyes. It's absolutely horrendous. It's terrible. It sounds awful. It'd be probably my my wor- my least favorite song on the leather version of Starry Eyes. On the Electra version, it's fantastic in my eyes. I love it. Uh, I was talking about the piece of your action solo. Yeah. This is my favorite Mick Mars solo. I think it's unbelievable. There's a little buildup with Vince. You know, whoa. And then you Nick, like this better than Shout at the Devil. This, this absolutely. Song. My favorite Motley Crue song. Shout at the you Devil's like... played out. Shout has played out to me a little bit. Not one of my, I, I think it's a great song. Not, not one of my favorites at this point. But but then, then, then Mick comes in with an unbelievable solo. It suits the song so perfect. Vince comes in with a scream, just like the piece of your action scream. And then you get the solo, you get the scream, and you get swinging dick Tommy Lee come right in with that cowbell right after. Unbelievable. Absolutely love it. I think it's a great song. Uh, uh, like I said, but at all I can say about it. My favorite. Damn, I, I have a hard time thinking this is better than first band on the moon. <laughs> I, I just, I love it. I love it. This is first band on the moon shit right here, man. <laughs> hey, no, uh, <laughs> I hear the disappointment. Is, I'm disappointed. I am. I'm disappointed. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry, there, Johnny. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I fucking sucked. I'm sorry. There, this uh, fucking song, yeah. Jesus Christ. Starry eyes. Starry eyes. Oh. Hers, I mean, ah, oh, so great. Shut up. 
Hit the cowbell, Johnny. Uh, yeah, again, it's one of the reasons I'm kind of like scratching my head how this this album's so revered. You know, I have a buddy of mine that like doesn't like Motley Crue and he's, you know, more into the Judas Priest and Death Metal and stuff. And he loves this album. It's like, oh, Too Fast Love's an awesome album. I'm not a Motley Crue fan, but I was like, really? There, are, there are a lot of people and a lot oh, of people no, on dude. Metal Comment dude. Facebook like this better than Shout. Let me tell you something. Ian is the first person I've ever met that doesn't like Too Fast for Love. I've never met anybody else but Ian. Everybody loves this album. Believe me you, I don't get it myself. I mean, like I said, even the songs that I'm saying is great, other, uh, you know, except for Livewire. Dude, I think fucking every song on Shout of the Devil completely owns this album. Badly. But, you know, hey, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of Story Eyes. And I'm not a fan of the title track either. Sorry. Uh, with the, wow. with the leather version intro. Leather version intro, I don't like that one. I don't like that version. Um, but I will say it's better than Starry Eyes and uh, Come On Dance. It's not, like, terrible, terrible. But, yeah, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like the worst is, uh, you know, Come On and Dance, then Starry Eyes, then this one. You know, I like all the other albums, all the songs on here more than those three. Those three, I think, are the weak points on the album. Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, Too Fast for Love. Just, it sounds so cheap to me, and and I hate the the backing vocals. Too fast. It sounds like you know. Wow. Like the gang vocals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I, like it. I, I like thought it. I thought you would love that. Yeah, you you thought wrong, pal. Okie dokie. Oh, but yeah, not a fan. What do you think, Ian? It seems like you like this one. Oh, man. I, I love this song, man. This one, uh, you know, Johnny keeps saying 1A, 1B with, uh, you know, this and shout. Well, I'm kind of like 1A, 1B. Well, I should say 2A, 2B uh, with this and Livewire as my second favorite song. I absolutely love this, and I do not pick up a guitar without playing this. I, I that fucking rip that meant that I fucking love that shit. And the gang vocals, I thought you would love being such a fucking twisted sister fan. Cause anytime I hear those gang vocals, I think twisted sister. Uh you know, and sometimes it works, sometimes it's just corny as a motherfucker. And apparently you think it's corny as a motherfucker on this. I think it works. Um uh, I, I think what really sells, I, I mean, I, I, I love the song, but I think what, what definitely uh, cements it for me is that Mick Mars riff. I just think it's it's, it's so simplistic, but uh, I love it. It's total, total fucking cock rock. That is not a riff that comes from the mind. That is a riff that comes from the loins. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and I, I love that. And that's, you know, this is a quintessential fucking cock rock song. Well, I do agree with you. It is a riff that comes from the loins when it's in somebody's mouth. <laughs> oh. I dig this one, man. I fucking love it. Nothing bad to say here. What you think, Johnny V? Totally dig it. I mean, I love the riff. Um, I love the lyrics. I think it's just a dirty, sleazy song. Um, I just I when I hear the lyrics sitting in a jet making love to someone else's dream, I, I just reminds me of, of Nikki banging Bruce Dickinson's wife. But I mean, I uh, 
I don't like the leather version um, with that Jesus intro. Jesus Christ, I gotta go listen to this again. Because I never really noticed anything different between the two except for maybe a little bit of weaker production in that part of Livewire oh, that a... Johnny loved. Well, 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 I'll tell you what. Like I said, I started listening to it, and then I realized like the set list was going to fuck up my notes. Uh, but I noticed like a big difference just well, on I fucking Livewire. I noticed the difference on sound, but... I don't like the structure shit. I don't really. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember. Well, big intro to this song. Well, I don't that like I do remember. it. Yeah, I don't uh, like it. At all. Um, but, I'm not a fan of that. Livewire. It's got. It, there's just some background noise, like people clapping and and bottles like hitting. I hate, that. I, hate uh, it. I like the silence at the end of Livewire. There's there's all kinds. Of, it's it's very different. It's, just, it's so it's just, high in the mix. Like out of nowhere, it's like ah, yeah. Ah, I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I'm just so used to the quiet version. I love it. You know? And I, I, I don't really, honestly, stick to your guns is not, I'm not a big fan of. Like, if that was on this album, I would oh, say that this would be terrible song. my yeah. least favorite song on the album. So I, uh, I, I don't like that song. But I would almost say I'd take stick to your guns over fucking come on and dance or merry-go-round. I would yeah, not. Yeah, well, come I, on, dude. I'd take first band on the moon over fucking come on and dance. <laughs> I don't know about treat me like a dog. I am that probably pretty much tied. Uh, I don't mind that. Too fast for love. I love it. Uh, great title track. Uh, great title for the album. Um, gonna be referenced later on. So uh, um, that's it. That's what I got. All right. Well, you know, this is the Johnny V show, man. So you take the last one. On with the show. Come on, baby. No, no. I, on, on with the show is is my fucking Jack and Diane. Fuck Jack and Diane. I want Frankie and Susie on the back streets of L.A. I don't want to hear about Jack and Diane in the Heartland. I love this song. It's dirty. It's gritty. Ralph hit the cowbell. Hey, I hate this song. hold on to cock rock as long as you can. I hate this. Come around song. real soon, make it's, us women. Oh my god, do I hate Jack and Diane? What a terrible it's, song. It's, this, is, this, is, this is a great song. I love it. It's a great story. It's a great lyrical song. I think it's fantastic. It's not as good as Danger to end an album, but it's still absolutely loved. I love the song. I think it's fantastic. Ian? All right. Well, once again, I disagree with Mr. Johnny V. I, think, I knew it. Called it. Called it. I, called I think. It. I think this is danger done right. Oh, I love this song. I, I love on with this wow. show. But, wow, I'm surprised. Me yeah, too. no, no, I love this one. But I, I think it, it, it's kind of funny uh, because it, it's it's different, you know, for Motley Crue in a way. I mean, I, I think you know they tried to do this merry-go-round and, and totally fucking. Ate a dick straight up. What? This one, I I, I think, kind of works. You like this... that acting there? What? Yeah. <laughs> surprise! 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 Your fucking opinion be like mine. <laughs> and I'll get your little dog Toto too. Uh, Stop eating, no, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I I love on with the show, but it, it's funny though because it's so like melodramatic. Uh, you know, like them trying to be serious, and like these guys couldn't write a fucking serious song to save their fucking life. Uh, but there, there's something about this song that works, but it is 
like it's melodramatic. Almost like it's fucking meatloaf. This is like a Motley Loaf song, <laughs> you know. Someone, uh, will, someone will make a meme of that. By the way, I can. Yeah, see yeah. I want to see. I want to see a Motley Loaf meme. Be <laughs> coming. Yeah, and I, I would do anything for you, Johnny. But listen to this album again. But uh, oh gosh, I, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it's not. They have much worse. They have much worse. Like go listen to Saints for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And girls, girls, girls. That shit's horrible. Saints of Los Angeles makes fucking girls, girls, girls sound like Abbey Road. I, I tell you what, dude, this is terrible. I think I'd rather listen to fucking Generation Swine than fucking Saints. That's bad. No, it's, 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 it's they both are terrible. And Ralph likes glitter, so. Uh, I like glitter. I like find myself, and I like uh, going down, down, whatever the name of that song is. There's a and, live version of Afraid that I like. And That's I like. Awesome. I, I oh, like, I, lo- uh, I, I love. I oh, love. Yeah, Afraid's okay, and I, I like. I, uh, Let it, I like Let Us Pray, and I like the song that didn't make the album, that Nine Inch Nail song. Screw me, thank me everywhere you want me. What are, what's the name of that song? <laughs> Bend me, shake me any way you want me. Uh, Good song, but, but no, I, I I like uh, on with this show. I mean, it, it it's good for this album, you know. I, I I like it better than Danger. Oh my god! I tell you, I I, I think fucking fucking yes! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so good! It's so good. she's so European. They make no mistakes. Two uh, sides of the coin. To choose, to choose from. from two sides of the coin, let me ride. I'm getting weary. <laughs> I still can't believe you don't like danger. I can't believe it. Hey, I can't believe I, it. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Whoa, 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 whoa. No mistakes. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like it. I like it better than Danger. I'm, I'm sorry, I just never got into Danger, but the rest of yeah. fucking Shout, it, to me, is an American hard rock heavy metal masterpiece. You know, I got. Yeah. You know, so what are you gonna do, man? It, it, it's their fucking. Yeah. They they will live and die by that album. You know, and, and, that, and that's good. Hey, a lot of bands wish they had an album as good as fucking Shout the Devil. So. Fucking, I'm sorry, uh, and that only applies to us hardcores. They're gonna live and die by Doctor Feelgood, you know. Uh, rats, one of rats, one yeah. of them. Yeah. Oh. Well, time for a change. What does somebody else think about on with it? What, what do you think about on with the show, there, Ralph? Well, I gotta agree with both of you, man. I absolutely love this song. Always have. Um, when I first heard it uh, about the album, I, you know, I was like, dude, this kind of reminds me of. Uh, the band Sweet before they got hair on their nuts, you know the early Sweet stuff, and I love that shit, that kind of poppy thing, and it you know, has a little dark, you know, twinge to the lyrics to it, and uh, I think it's a really nice song, and I was very happy and pleased that they added this to the set list when they first reunited with uh, was it Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, the Carnival of Sins tour. Yeah, when yeah. They, yeah. I, they did. Yes, I, they did. I saw the very first show of that tour opened oh. in Sunrise, Florida. Dude, I, w- I was there. I did so much coke, I almost had a heart attack. Seriously, I was at that show. When they played that song? Or you yep. just had a, almost had a heart attack because you did too much coke? Well, both, but I was at the sa- we were at the same show. Yeah, and what a great show that was, too. Yeah, what a shitty venue, but nice show. 
what, what, was, what was his drum solo that year? What did he do? I can't remember. I, I can't remember, but that was the thing where they had the chicks, like it was oh, a circus and shit. It was, it was ben, a stupid ben drum put, solo. Ben put smack, smack the chicks on the ass and do all kinds of things. It was a stupid drum solo. Remember, he had two drums and he was swinging back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That shit the was stupid. Yeah. The, the circus shit. Yeah, it was stupid, but what, what, what a show. No, that was a great that, show. That was one of those, dude, I took two fucking eight balls to that fucking show. And, and we and we finished them that night between me and my two buddies. Jesus I mean, it, Christ. Oh, man, and we had nosebleeds. And that, and that, that venue, when you're inside, man, it's like when you're up that high. It, it, oh. Oh, oh, I, oh, you, oh, you mean you had nosebleeds because you were high? I thought you got nosebleeds because you did two eight balls. Oh, yeah, no, all of the above. No, I was up, like, in the third tier, and it's one of those, like, if you look down from your seat, you got vertigo because of how fucking, like, slanted it was. But, oh, my God, so much coke. Great show. much better. That was my second Motley Crue show. My first was Generation Swine. And Zep- in Zephyr Hills, Florida. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw the very first show of the Generation Swine tour. Oh, boy. But, uh, oh, that Carnival of Sins tour. Yeah, that was that was some good shit. But, yeah, I loved seeing on with the show. Mm-hmm. I had really good seats for that show. I was, like, around eighth row or something. So, yeah, see, yeah, see I was, was like awesome. that. I was like that for the Farewell tour. Well, uh, the second show I saw on the Farewell tour, I was, like, no, the first one. I was, like, 11th row or 12th row. It was awesome. So there I, you go. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ian. No, I, I was just gonna say we, we lucked out because we had actually we had worse seats. We were on the floor, but then they realized that because of that fucking the roller coaster shit that they had to remove seats. So because they removed it, they bumped us up. So uh, it was great because I had a great view of fucking Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that, it was a good show, man. Motley Crue, man. You know when they get back together, go see him. Fuck it. You know who cares if it's a fucking cassette tape. Fucking, they'll, it, they'll be back together. No, they're right. not. Someone will get. Someone will have to get Vince back in shape. No, they're might not. Be not me. It might be no, me. You don't have to get Vince back in shape. All you got to do is prop up fucking Mick Mars. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I, I worry honestly, about Mick Mars. I honestly believe Motley Crue is over. I do believe it. I think they'll do like maybe a show for the Dirt movie or something, you know, but. You know, they'll, you know, they might even do the Motley Cruise, you know, but I don't think they'll ever be a touring band ever again. Well, I'll tell you what, on a side note, Vince Neal, Vince played like half an hour from my house uh, this summer and I did not go. What the fuck is up with you, man? Because, I know, man. Because wow. It was, a two th- it, was a two, it was like a 2,000 person venue. The starting ticket price was 50 bucks. And Vince's sat list was like literally less than an hour, and I was like, my wife's like, dude, here, Vince is gonna, Vince is playing here, you're gonna go, and I was like, she's like, are we gonna go? Because obviously, I'd never go by myself. I was like, man, you know, for a seat way in the back, I'm gonna have to pay fifty bucks. And I YouTube, I YouTube some of the, some of the shows, and they were not, it was not good. I mean, he just, he's not, not playing that long. I mean, I'm not. Nine songs, ten songs, and one of them is like an acoustic jam by the band. I mean, I'm just not going to pay 50 bucks to see 40 minutes of music. He's got a really cool drummer, though. 
Oh, Zoltan guy. That guy's yeah. fucking. That guy's outrageous. Zoltar. He's yeah. fucking great. The show is just not. It's just not long enough. I mean, it's just. It's just. Yeah, you know, Vince did play down here not too long. I didn't go either. I, I have no interest. Yeah. But if he plays too long, you'll hear time for a change. And who needs that shit? You know, trim the fat. No pun intended. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, this album was released twice. Uh, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let me hit two cowbells. All right. It was released November 10th, 1981 on Leather Records and August 20th, 1982 on Electra. It did go platinum in 1986 off the strength of uh, Shadow of the Devil and Theater of Pain. And it started a long string, man. They had a good run. Every album went platinum, multi-platinum or gold from this album through Generation Swine. So, uh, but hey, man, it's, it, it, it's, it's fucking Motley Crue. People love them some Motley Crue. And, uh, and I thank you, Luscious Johnny V, for joining us today. Uh, glad you honor. could make it. My honor. Glad hey, Johnny, have- Johnny, by the way, in my opinion... Vince Neil's greatest vocal performance was on Danger. Thank you. Damn right. You agree? I, I dude, it's one. I, I don't know if I've ever picked Vince's favorite, but Danger is one of my absolute favorite Motley Crue songs. I love it. I, I love the way he sings that. He's on fire. He's on fire. His delivery is, is perfect. Yeah, it's great. I my, my favorite Vince Neil vocal performance is Shout of the Devil. That, that, and I, can, I, I, I can't understand a word he's fucking saying, but it sounds good. Yeah, no, that's also a good one. Yeah, like I like seriously, like I had no idea what the fuck he was saying, but it sounded so fucking cool. And then he just heard the awesome chorus. <laughs> you know, like whatever, but it fucking worked, man. He's a wolf standing lonely in the night. He's a blood stain on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking God, that, awesome. Oh, oh, that's oh. what that's a great cool. fucking now, album. What'd you sing? You sang a Molly Cruz song. You, there's a video of it on Facebook. Yeah, what is it? Uh, well, actually, there's two. I did Livewire. You did Knock Em Dead, kid. Knock Em Dead. But you know, when I did Livewire, I fell off the stage because the stage had a little... Dude, it was the most retarded club. It was called the House of Rock. And the stage... I mean, it's super dark in the club to begin with. The stage has a cutoff point, And then there's the railing, which, you know, it's like a two-feet gap. And I'm singing Livewire, and I fall right down the fucking thing. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? Uh, I'm amazed at it again. And, and it had a stripper pole on stage, and I would do my little stripper routine, and people were throwing dollars at me. True story. But, uh, yeah, Knock em Dead Kid. That, knock em Dead Kid and Livewire, both times, he was like, hey, dude, want to do, you know, before they started playing. Hey, Ralph, you want to do, because they asked Paolo, who's like the best singer down here, and he doesn't know much Motley Crue. He's like, I don't know that song. Ralph, you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. So I went up on stage and did it. And that's when I realized, holy fuck, this is hard to sing. You know? I think I nailed it. What do you think, Johnny? I thought you did an absolute fantastic job. He's got a unique voice. It winded me. It really did win me. It's like, wow, dude, it ain't easy to sing Knock Em Dead Kid. You know? But uh, yeah, yeah, I did do that. That's no rehearsals. I just went up on stage and winged it. And I don't think... I fucked up the lyrics, but I got to look at it again. I don't think I did. Anyway, uh, it's kind of it's like in my DNA, that whole fucking album. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. This is the beginning of Motley Crue, and uh, rap things are done. 
me and Johnny disagree. I, I think they're going to perform uh, First Band on the Moon, uh, you know, when Space Force opens up, you know, when they do the inaugural <laughs> fucking meeting. But uh, I just yeah. think that the lifestyle, I just think that they'll all, Nikki's too vain. Vince spends too much money. Tom, I mean, I just think yeah. eventually. Yeah. You know Tom, what? You know Tom, what? I, I think they should reunite with fucking uh, Brandon Lee and just have him beat on Tommy. <laughs> Instead of a cowbell, just go <laughs> boink, boink, yeah. right on his fucking yeah. head. Yeah, hit him, it'll sound like the Three Stooges. <laughs> All right, well, now it's time to go into pick of the week. And Luscious Johnny V, you are a special guest, so what is your pick of the week for our great listeners? My pick of the week is this album, but the Leather Records version. You can get it on YouTube. Uh, I mean, you can listen to it. Check it out. It's just way different. Hey, Johnny, um, you can also get it on the box set. Yeah, if you you're a true fan, Ralph, you have volume two as well, don't you? Yeah, I have them both. So, so do I. I, I uh, you can also find, like, like I did, you could find a friend who's a true fan and then just burn their copy. Yeah, or, or if you got ten bucks, I'll sell you mine. <laughs> I would burn you a copy, Johnny, but I'm not your friend. Aww. I'm oh, of course I you. I love are. you. But uh, yeah, that's that's my pick of the week. All right, Ralph, what's your pick of the week? I don't know. <laughs> All right, well I'll go, and uh, mine kind of falls in line with Lush's Johnny V's. My pick of the week is Shout at the Devil, because that's the only Motley Crue record you need. Possibly 94. Uh, I think I think Shout and 94 are their two best records oh. by fucking far. I like 94 even more. That's my favorite. I, I, I know. That that blows my mind. I was talking to Bill Wang about that. Hey, I, I love 94. I think they could have took a couple songs off. I think it suffers from the CD age. It has an incredible drum sound. Uh, but I find the guitars a little bit too uh, pristine. McMar should be a little bit more raw, but the songwriting, uh, I believe, is probably their best. I'll, I'll give the songwriting on 94 even better than Shout of the Devil, but Shout of the Devil is just a fucking anomaly. I mean, that, that is just a fucking... It's a, it's a metal masterpiece uh, right there with, like, Pyromania. Like it some, was such a mind-blower when that album oh, came yeah. out. Because I was so used to Two Stripes for Love, but then when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck. It doesn't sound like the same band, you know? Oh, yeah. Who can cover the the Beatles and make it fucking kick ass? It's very rare. And and Miley Cruz done a lot of shitty covers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, great version of Helter Skelter. Yes. Much better than the new version that just came out by uh, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. And I love both those guys, but uh, yeah. Uh, Miley Cruz, they get that one. But wow, then, I'm so they get, surprised. But then they get deducted like 20 points for doing a fucking uh, anarchy in the UK. So That was terrible. Oh, boy, was that bad. Oof. But, uh, yeah, Motley Crue shot at the devil. I mean, if there's anybody out there who doesn't have it, shame on you. Uh, but if you do have it, listen to it again. It is great American hard rock heavy metal. Check it out. That is my pick of the week. Ralph, what'd you come off with? All right, I'm going to be with all three of you. It's Motley Crue related. Uh, I'm picking the second Vince Neil solo album, Carved in Stone. Kicks Never ass. Never heard it. Never heard it. I mean, well, you should. Well, you should. Well, Ian, if you put it on, 
skip track one. Yeah. Uh, Is that the track, rap song? Yeah, dude. Because that, yeah, it starts. That one. It starts with that song. People will put that CD on, going "fuck this," and won't listen to the rest. Later on in the album, there's a shitty industrial song too. But every other song on that album, it's very dark, dude. There's a song on there that's very Sabbathy. I love the song, uh, the second track. What is it? The crawling or crawl? Mm-hmm. Uh, Black promises. Bite the hand that feeds. It's a really good album. Writing on the wall. It's dark. It's very dark. It's 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 the exact contrast of Exposed, which I like Exposed as well, but it's and like I'm, the op- I'm, opposite I'm, of Exposed. I've never heard that one either, aside from Oh, the my God. You you need to listen to, dude, the singles are the worst songs on that album. Okay. Dude, there's some really good songs on Exposed. The Edge, Living is a Luxury. Yeah, The Edge is awesome. Living is a Luxury, another great one. Now, that's the, a good album, too. Really good album. But now, but now Carbon Stone is a totally different backing band as well, right? Yes, it is. Uh, well, I think it's the same drummer, well, right? Vicky Fox from and, Ro- and Robbie, Enough. I think Robbie Crane was still in the band too. Okay. I think, I think I, he got kicked out on the. I know him and Vince got in a fight. Or no, yeah, yeah, they got, got in a fight. But I, I think that was at the begin. That was the beginning of the tour for that. I think it was the Exposed tour though that they got in a oh, fight. Oh, oh, maybe it was. Who played? Who, play, who played guitar on uh, on uh, Curved or whatever the? Don't remember the name of the guy. I don't know, but I saw that tour. Uh, it was a curly hair guy. Um, uh, uh, it was great. Uh, I think that album is really, really good and underappreciated. I agree. Everybody, everybody t- talks about it. Oh, that fucking rap album. So I was like, dude, it's only one song. You know, yeah. uh, the rest of it is, you know, there's two songs on there that are very drastically different. And a footnote, did you guys know that Tommy Lee loved it? Like, loved those rap songs and shit like that? I mean, it's not hard to believe. Right. But <laughs> when he heard that, he was like, holy oh, shit. Oh, okay. Look I, at Vince! Wow, you know, like totally up his alley. But um, Vicky Fox on drums, Robbie Crane on bass, Brent Woods played guitar. Yeah, that's the guy. And Brent Woods has played with like a lot of like '80s bands, like in their fourth or fifth incarnation. But I'm I'm looking at the uh, the songwriting credits for Carved in Stone, and um, almost every one is. Uh, uh, this uh, Fredrickson dude who uh, did a lot of '90s Aerosmith. Who was it, Marty? Yeah. Well, he wrote he wrote most of Saints too, or a yeah. lot of Saints. He was he was in it on a lot of the fucking but but it's, bullshit Saints. But it was produced by the Dust Brothers who. But yeah. this is who, way who better. Pretty... Than, way better than Saints Los Angeles. Way better. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, what God. is it? Exactly. Right. right. Uh, right. Yeah, that's that's my pick of the week. I, I really like that album, and I haven't heard it in a while. I should slap it on. Uh, I'll, later ch- on. I'll check it out as soon as we're done. I'll listen to it. And I'll let you know on an upcoming episode. It went out like a dud, badly promoted, and but I saw the tour at a comedy club called Mr. Laughs. D- dude, and check out Ian. You got to check out Exposed to some of the some of the deep tracks. Living is a luxury. The Edge and the first track. Oh, I mean, yeah, good. look into her eyes. It's awesome. Look into her eyes, yeah. That's right up your alley. Steve Stevens is fucking smoking on that track. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll check him out. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and of course, Fan of the Week. And, uh, you know, let it be known, this is not a uh, 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 episode funded for the Rock and Pod Expo, because 
Johnny Bogan's too cheap for that. I uh, have don't to that before. He's, he's he's too cheap for Motley Crue box sets as well. Yeah, he wanted to go see. I, see Vince Neil played his neighbor's basement, and he wouldn't go over there. <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, when Ralph said, uh, you know, it's kind of a last minute thing us doing this Friday show. He's like, ah, let's do one for us. Uh, hey, let's do this. And I was like, well, you know what? I got to reach out to the luscious Johnny V. And uh, you know, I, I I know you took a little bit of sabbatical from Facebook, and I understand that totally. Uh, and I encourage other people to do it too. It's <laughs> take, good. Take it's some, good. Let's do that every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, it's good. To, good to do that. Get back into real life. But uh, man, we're glad you're back. You are a classic and very valued member of our family. Uh, and, and I thank you so much for all you've added to the page. Uh, you know, you're very passionate about this, and I love that. Even when we disagree with you, there's no denying your passion for what you love. And you stand by what you like, and I and I love that, man. Because I hate a fair weather motherfucker that just buckles down. You're like, hey, yeah, this is gay as fuck, and I love it. Yum yum yum, can't get enough. Tastes Do like that. You don't care, and I love that. I respect it, and uh, you're a legend. When we do the Hall of Fame for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, uh, you'll make it in on the first ballot. Don't worry about it. And thank you, Johnny, for not getting mad at me too much when I make fun of that. I know you do that sometimes, but not all. I, I never get mad at you, and, and yeah, I love right. you both. And I love you both. I know. I think you're. I think I did. I dig. Uh, I dig everything. You know what I mean? I think it's all. I take it all with a grain of salt. I think it's hilarious. So I love you more, baby. Hey, love it. So just yeah. thank you guys. Thank you. I mean, uh, classic stuff. All right, Johnny Vogan. Oh. Johnny Vogan. Whoa. Johnny Vogan. Well, while we still got our dicks firmly planted each other's asses, let's do the plugs. Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life and i'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal and there's no country or sammy hagar or rap on the fucking show that shit is frowned upon with yours truly so if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast tune on in to the terrence reardon and friends audiovisual podcast new episodes every monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it.
Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Hey there, it's Dr. Fuck giving you the Dr. Fuck Show ID. That's right, the Dr. Fuck Show. Aaron here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right. I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, you'll listen to anything just like Johnny Vogan. Come back next week. When we return to you paid for it, you got it. That's right. We're going back into the fan-paid episodes, and it could be anything or everything. But that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hit that fucking cowbell, Ralph.